Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to this fine radio program, podcast and video extravaganza known worldwide Hi, Mom. as the internationally famous Smokin' and Toastin'. Welcome to the show, ladies and gentlemen. We are at show number 268, which puts us right squarely halfway to 300. That that, that so, math works out. Yeah, that works for me. Uh, we're so glad to have you on the program today. We are going to be talking about the fight for cigar rights and the best stouts to try this winter. And I thought this would be a great week to do the uh, uh, something about winter stouts because, uh, and and I, this is this is the part where people who listen to the show from all around the world and particularly all around the United States are going to have zero thim- zero sympathy for us, Ian. Right. But it's 39 degrees in Houston today, and that's where we are, and it's cold. And I know, I know, we're not shoveling <laughs> snow, we're not putting up with uh, the ice storm that the Midwest and the hey, uh, Northwest hey, are getting. Hey, listen, you can't say it doesn't snow in Houston. We've had at mm-hmm. least... It's happened at least twice in the last 10 years. Yeah, exactly. So you can't say that it never happens. I remember when I first moved back here, I had, I lived in Boston for seven years, and I was in Philly for three and Washington, D.C. for two. Plenty of snow in all three of those places. And I moved back here, and the first winter I was here in Houston, it snowed. And I remember I was at home working, and I remember I looked, looked outside and saw the snow, and I thought, I need stuff from the store. I better go now because no one here knows how to drive in this. And it's going to be like a clown car parade out there uh, in just a matter of 30 or 40 minutes. So I raced to the store and got, you know, milk and bread and and whatever else I needed and headed back home. I I came home from – I was driving home from work one night after it did that and it was snowing. And around here, since the ground is just not that cold, so the snow wouldn't – like stay snowy on the ground it doesn't stick to the ground it just melts but on every overpass it would and every single yeah. overpass that i went on had tire tracks that went into the rails, into the rails. yeah every of single course, one of them yeah. i mean come on people yeah it's not that hard you just well but here you don't get much practice <laughs> no see no. when i when i lived in boston i got plenty of practice we have we have two types of drivers when we get ice you got the guys that are going two miles an hour because yep. they're scared and uh the guy that Figures there's no difference between this and rain, <laughs> right, right. and he's going 95. Yeah, exactly. Right. <clears throat> and it's usually those two that meet right. that mess it up for the rest that's of us. That's exactly right. Trey Boring is our special guest. Welcome back to the show. Thank you. It's Trey, been a while. Trey is our smoking and toasting legal expert. That's only one of the many things that he does, and we'll be talking about that. We'll be talking about cigars for warriors, of course. I know you guys have got uh, uh, some really good things going on right now, so we'll uh, be excited to hear about that. And uh, as I mentioned, we'll be talking about. Uh, the best stouts to try this winter. We're not trying a stout today, but I think you're going to like what we've got on tap for sampling today, Ian. Uh, from Fullbrook Ale Works in Richmond, Texas, I have not been at all. Are you familiar with them? This was new to me. No. Oh, I don't know so this one. They have the Fullbrook Mexican Lager, which I thought yeah. would give us just a little blast of summer in this uh, in this sub. Just try to power, it, power the summer have. through the winter, <laughs> so to speak. Do my best. I almost wore a Hawaiian shirt today, just in <laughs> in defiance. You know, I, I, I really thought about it. Uh, we'll also be tasting from Dogfish Head, uh, the uh, brewery out of Milton, Delaware. They have a new IPA called Where the Wild. Wild hops are. I which, love the name uh, of it. Be, yeah, which should be very interesting. And then uh, from, first of all, I'm going to tell you what the beer is, and I'm going to tell you the brewery last. It's a peanut butter milk stout 
the breweries from Oceanside, California. You have to tell me if you're familiar with Belching Beaver Brewery. Oh, yeah. You know yeah, Belching, Belching Beaver? Belching Beaver. Okay. All right. Good. Uh, that, that one made it onto today's list just because of the name of the brewery. And I uh, I forgot to bring it with me, but I have a surprise stout to bring in. So oh. I'll go get that at one of the breaks. Okay. You know, you, oh, you have you have it with you. Yeah, it's in the car. Oh, and you know, uh, uh, I didn't bother uh, putting it in a cooler because you know it's cold outside. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I, I remember when I lived in Boston, uh, I had was having some friends over one evening, and I had limited refrigerator space because I only had one uh, refrigerator, and my ex-wife, of course, objected to me filling it full of beer, uh, as you know, which is one of the reasons she's an ex-wife. But uh, what I did was I took the beers and i literally just stuck them out in the snow it was perfect oh yeah it was yeah. perfect i stayed nice and cold you, oh, yeah. you, you laugh about the whole like your ex was upset about filling the fridge with beer yeah um back in the day when i was when i was single i was at a buddy's house and uh it was right after christmas he goes hey come check this out and he walks me out to his garage and he has this one of those little mini fridges right mm -hmm. and he goes this is what i got for christmas and he opens it up and his wife had packed it full like it was you couldn't fit another can of beer in there oh, packed full so of great. beer for him and i was like hey that's cool he goes oh i thought you'd be more excited about that <laughs> i was like well i'm a bachelor my refrigerator is, is the beer, the beer fridge. fridge yeah <laughs> well just to show you the difference between my ex-wife and my current one uh, my wife now uh, Mary actually bought me a beer fridge. It's not like full oh, size, awesome. but it's not the tiny one either. It's kind of in the middle, that's and awesome. it sits next to the bar, and we keep it as full as as possible. And so, then some of us go ultra pro, yeah. like Alan, who has uh, your your uh, your everyday beer fridge. Oh yes, you then told his me about wife's this. beer fridge, and right. then on top of that is the special beer the fridge. The special beer fridge. <laughs> well, good. Then I, I do not feel like a degenerate. <laughs> I have my food fridge uh -huh. right? in the house. I have one of those, not a mini, but it's not a right, like regular a medium size, size yeah. medium size. It has all the ice cream I keep for the grandkids, uh -huh, you know, in, the, in yep, the freezer. Yep. Mm -hmm. And the fridge is full of beer and, and you know, maybe a few other drinks, you uh -huh, know, right. but it's the drink fridge. Adult drink, yeah. And then, uh, and then the outside is another full size refrigerator that that is that that's the beer fridge. Ah, uh, okay. okay. Yeah, that's so, good. That's good. That works. See? Well, I my my There's beer fridge right now. There's a dedication of that yes. shows, you know. Yeah, my beer fridge actually needs some work right now cuz we had, you know, um a while back we had some people over that uh that were into seltzer, so we stuck the bottom shelf with seltzer. And then of course they all drank margaritas that night. So I've got all this <laughs> seltzer. <laughs> Hard seltzer sitting there, and maybe every once in a while, it, it's funny. My wife will come home from work, and I'll go. And she'll go, "Oh, what, what are we drinking tonight?" And I'll go, "Seltzer," and she's like, oh, "Really?" <laughs> I'll be like, Just one, and then I'll make some martinis. Or what something. you got to do is you got to take them out, and you got to bring them to your next party that you go to, uh, right? And go, "Hey, I brought seltzers," that's, and then uh, leave them there. That's, yes, that's right. <laughs> well, you don't leave with the beer that you bring, right? right you bring yeah. the beer and whatever's left over, you leave there. So same thing works with seltzer. Speaking of which, by the way, uh, we went over to uh, Adam and, and uh, his wife Bree's house for game night last week and uh, I brought along a really nice uh, sour in a bomber that we were going to taste, and then we never did. So that's Adam's now. So yep. So you'll have to let us know. That's, Adam, that's when the you way drink it works that. when you're a host. How's you, that? How's that those. go? Yeah. Yeah, that was a, that was a, it's a nice bottle too. Well, I haven't tasted it. Let's hope it's nice. <laughs> it looked like it was good. Uh, we got so much to talk about today. Uh, we will be uh, talking about the exclusive cigar blends for 2022 that they've announced from the TAA convention. Uh, Smoke and Tobacco has named Undercrown the cigar of the year, and Cigar Aficionado has released actually my favorite list. 
of theirs. It's not the top 25, which is fine. It's interesting, and there were some good cigars on that this year. But my favorite list of theirs is the one they released a couple weeks later, and it's out now. It's the best buys of 2021. Yeah, so it's like all that. cigars that are like, I think, $10 or under. Right. So yeah. we'll be... We'll be looking at that and very excited about that. And then also talking about lists, if we have time to get into this, Half Wheel has given us the consensus cigars of 2021. Nice. So what they do is they take all these lists and kind of combine them and see what's showing up on multiple lists, and they rank them That's uh, a cl- accordingly. That's a, Half Wheel is a clever and, and valuable website, I think, They're if you're a cigar probably smoker. my favorite. Yeah. You know, Cigar Aficionado has some great stuff. But probably my favorite cigar website is Half Wheel. Yeah. Those guys just really. Yeah. And we had Charlie Minato from Half Wheel on the show. Yeah, he uh, in actually pod crashed. Yeah, he pod crashed, which was great. <laughs> it, it was, was awesome. fantastic. I remember we had Alan Denny, our buddy, uh-huh. on the show, and he goes, Hey, that's Charlie Minato. I'm going to go get him and bring him on the show. <laughs> you go, Alan. That was awesome. Yes. <laughs> yeah, it was really good. Uh, Eighth Wonder, uh, <clears throat> a brewery here in Houston, and Chris Shepard have teamed up for a new Houston blended bourbon. So I'm uh, oh. going to be able to pass that info along to you as well. And, of course, we'll have, and I don't even know if we were doing this, because it's been so long since we had you on the show, Trey, but our uh, what has become the most popular segment on Smoking and Toasting, and it's a little something we call Drinking News. Drinking News, Drinking News. It's not time now for Drinking News. And our Drinking News uh, teaser headline for today what not to do in the buffet line. All right, so we'll get to that coming up and uh, and and a whole lot of other wonderful things. Uh, Trey, it is so great to have you back on the show. We love being able to tap your knowledge of what's going on in the uh, fight for cigar rights and we know that you're, you know, very involved with the uh, uh, with cigar rights and, and that you can kind of break it down for us, I'm hoping, in in you know non-lawyer terms where exactly we stand these days because it's been confusing. It feels like, feels like we win a little victory and then it's like one step forward, two steps back is what it's felt like from what I've been reading. So it'll be interesting to, to hear where you think we're at right now. Yeah, uh, you, that's probably a pretty accurate description of yeah. where everything's at, but it's still positives. I mean, we still have everybody on hold, and I think COVID was a godsend because it has FDA focused on other things. Yeah, other and, and considerably more important things. By That's the way. what I would hope. Yeah, yeah exactly. absolutely. So, well, good. I'm I'm uh, I'm anxious to hear exactly where we are. And there's there's uh, there's so much going on. We've got so many lists now at the beginning of the year. I know we won't get to all of them, but we'll do what we can. In the meantime, Ian, I am uh, very curious about. Uh, about your smoking this week. Do you have anything interesting? I do. I went into uh, Casa this morning. I love that place. We mm-hmm. were there last uh, last week, as a matter of we fact. We were. It was, a, it was a blast doing the show. We had such a good time with Jason Poehler. He's a fantastic guest and uh, and fantastic cigars as well. I mean, yeah. my father. Yeah, come on. Come on. <laughs> yeah. Um, uh, so uh, inadvertently this week, um, I actually had a, uh, uh, a cigar that was blended and made by... Uh, Don Pepin Garcia, mm. and it was uh, San Cristobal. Oh, it's in San Cristobal, man. That's a good line. You know, um, it's it's one of those that I sometimes just don't think about, and I don't know why I looked at it. It was on the bottom shelf, and I looked down, and I thought, huh, I haven't had that before. And I reached down and grabbed it. This was a San Cristobal Revelation. Oh, that's a good one. Have you had this before? I have. Okay. I got a... Uh, uh, Pepin uh, sampler. Oh, nice. I think nice. at one point that had 
a couple of my fathers and a couple of other right, things right. And, and a couple of those and I, I loved them. This cigar was made at the my father plant um, at the my father uh, factory and um, plant. You know, mm-hmm. tobacco. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, this was the profit. You'll get, you'll get no argument from this, me. The, the, each size has its own name. Uh, this is the profit, and mm-hmm. it's a, a, a Robusto 5x54 uh, with an Ecuadorian Sumatra wrapper, uh, Nicaraguan binder, and filler going on in there. Um, the appearance on this, milk chocolate in color, box press, kind of a soft bro- box press. Mm-hmm. It wasn't like a, a real little hard. bit of roundness to it. You know yeah. that uh, uh, that uh, San Latano oval that you gave me. Yes. It's, it's that kind of shape where mm-hmm. it's not it's not a hard box press. It's not so, it's not square like that Oliva Serie G mm-hmm. uh, that they have. That just is like the corners are sharp on that one. It's crazy. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> it's kind of fun, but a little weird. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's like uh, it's like have you ever had a, a square whiskey glass and you're trying to drink you don't know exactly you don't know how to... where to put your mouth yeah I totally <laughs> totally understand this they I've look got, great I've got one of those I think <laughs> you didn't, didn't you give it to me the one that has the notch in it where you can put your cigar no you gave me one of I those gave someone one of gave those. you oh. one of those and then you gave me one of those and That's I love awesome. the glass but yeah. it's a little weird you know yeah <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, so anyway I went in there and I was looking around and I and I bought the cigar it's got a light chocolate milk color box pressed uh, it has a leather kind of feel to the wrapper with some veins it's a little bit oily but it's not uh it's not particularly shiny looking so it doesn't look oily but it feels a little oily mm-hmm. if that makes sense mm-hmm. uh, i had two labels on it the san cristobal label and then the revelation label underneath it pretty cigar so uh forgive the picture i didn't give you an unlit picture because i totally forgot i just got into my Sometimes cigar i do that yeah <laughs> oh man <laughs> so, uh let's see medium firmness overall the pre-light sniff on this this is so different from what i usually go to grab in cigars because you know me if it says maduro i'm probably grabbing it mm-hmm. you know i didn't i just uh, this cigar looked interesting um so very barnyard fermented hay fresh cut grass on the uh on the nose on the pre-light sniff Pardon me, the pre-light clip, very light draw, uh, or pre-light draw, I use a clip, a uh, very light draw on it, fresh cut grass, hay, wood, leather, and a touch of a sweet fruit kind of in the background that I noticed. The initial light, a blast of tangy leather and fresh hay, followed by strong pepper. <laughs> so it didn't have a big pepper blast like you'd expect, but it had a little bit in there. With a touch of sweetness in the background, that touch of sweetness is interesting, pay attention, because it... It goes throughout the cigar. There's just this like little bit of sweetness that kind of develops and takes on a few characteristics throughout the cigar. Uh, the retro hail was wood and pepper, uh, right off the bat. Uh, and I will tell you, the retro hail was a little bit strong mm-hmm. on the initial light of the cigar. So that <laughs> might, happens. might make your nose burn if you're not used to that one. The Nicaraguan <laughs> uh, tobacco sometimes, especially the medium to full and the full bodied, yeah, that can have a pretty serious retro. Yeah, and it. this was a medium plus, maybe maybe at the very beginnings of full. I think overall. I don't mm-hmm. know what they would what they would call it, but that's where I'd put it in the in the scheme of things. Uh, one, the first third of this fresh flavors. I, I really got the uh, the the feeling smoking the cigar. All the flavors felt very fresh, like uh, like 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 fresh cut lumber, fresh fresh cut hay, fresh cut grass. It just had this kind of freshness to it that, that I really really enjoyed. A little blast of spring for your winter. Yeah, day, it was really know? nice. It was really nice. So uh, so here's what I put down. Fresh flavors, oaky and leathery notes uh, lead the charge, followed by a healthy dose of pepper. Slightly fruity uh, sweetness underlying throughout. The retrohale is sweet pepper and wood. Solid ash, perfect burn. The second third of this oaky notes turned towards cedar. It was kind of a weird, almost like you could kind of taste it doing that. No, that's like cool. it just went from an oaky dryness to a cedar and a, and sweetness on top of the cedar. 
Uh, the fruity flavors became more identifiable, definitely like a citrus kind of fruity kind of thing going on, kind of, kind of. Uh, the pepper backs off and uh, and leaves room for uh, like a little cinnamon flavor with a burst of kind of uh, burnt caramel going on uh, in the background. Uh, fresh cut hay is a constant companion on the palate. Retro hail is sweet cedar and pepper. Solid ash, perfect burn. That sweet cedar and pepper, mm-hmm. retro hail was delicious. It's, it's just added so much to the flavor of the cigar. The last third of the sweet citrus and cedar lead the palate, uh, closely followed by big pepper, uh, cinnamon, and burnt caramel. Uh, that sweetness again. It, it had gone from being a real citrusy, fruity sweetness to now it's like a burnt caramels kind of uh, sweetness to it, uh, a little darker sweetness to it, really nice, or almost like a, a brown sugary kind of thing going on. Um, uh, other flavors that I got in there, leather, classic tobacco, a little bit of tea leaf, especially on the uh, room note, and a hint of mint showed up at the mm-hmm. very end. Mint's a funny one. You'll get that on some cigars every once in a while. It's generally just a hint of it. It's not like it's not like a, a mint-flavored cigar, but you'll just get a little kiss of it <laughs> yeah. uh, uh, in the tobacco sometimes. It's not like a Girl Scout cookie thin mint. <laughs> right, right, not quite that far. <laughs> Retrohale is sweet cedar and pepper with a touch of mint. Uh, solid ash, perfect burn. This cigar costs $8.25. I give it a 5.5. Nice. Fantastic cigar. I will buy more. You know what I love about your cigar tasting notes? What's that? Is that you, you'll go into great detail about the... Uh, you know, about the the flavors and the things that you're getting on your palate, but you'll still say, you know, kind of, kind of. You know what I mean? Like, it's, just, it's not. It's, it keeps it from being snooty, and I really like that. I really, I, I really appreciate that. Uh, well, I uh, took a bold step for this week. Um, uh, last week, when we were at um, the Casa de Monte uh-huh. Cristo for the live show. Uh, I went into the humidor, which I love doing there. Mm-hmm. They've got such a great humidor. And I picked up one of the Monte Cristo Nicaraguan Series uh, 1935 anniversaries. I picked up the Toro. Oh, yeah. And uh, and I've been dying. In fact, one of the most difficult things was keeping it in the humidor all week <laughs> while I was waiting until I had a chance to sit down and you know and really, really kind of go over it so I could make some tasting notes. I was super excited about it. I remember you reviewing it in the show the week that I'm I... I'm pulling up my review right the now week that I was I'm sick. curious yeah. to see what you say about it. And of course, it's blended by A.J. Fernandez. And let's face it... <laughs> you are the fanboy. I got a little man crush going on here. It's, <laughs> it's, it's for real. I won't deny it. Cheers. Uh, this, by the way, was Cigar Aficionado's number two cigar on their list of the best cigars mm-hmm. of uh, 2021. And having had their number one, I'm not sure if they got it right this year. But we'll get to that. I loved the uh, deep uh, brown uh, chocolate color and the beautiful box press. This was one of those like you know pointy edges box press uh, cigars. Very uh, very severe box pressed. Uh, it was the um, it was just a beautiful cigar, and I was really really excited mm-hmm. to get this bad boy started. So Rafael Nadal, who is the master blender for the uh, larger cigar company that owns Monte Cristo, he reached out to AJ Fernandez to blend this special cigar, celebrating a special. I think it's a, the is it the 85th anniversary of Monte Cristo? Uh, it's, they've been doing it for a long time. Anyway, it's a special anniversary for the 1935, and we know how cigar companies are about anniversaries. That, oh, that's yeah. a big deal, right, in the cigar industry? Well, you know, so, that, that only goes to make sense, considering anniversaries are a great time yeah. to smoke cigars. Uh, absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> and you know what's uh, another great time to smoke cigars? 
Right now? Not anniversaries. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just saying. Uh, anyway, the two guys, uh, Rafael Nadal and AJ, I think absolutely hit it out of the park with this cigar. Uh, like a number of AJ's blends, it's a Nicaraguan Puro, uh, the wrapper, binder, and filler tobacco, all from Nicaragua. Uh, the pre-light was a rich, deep, loamy earth uh, along with a whole bunch of chocolate, and you know what I'm talking about when you just that rich earth. Like you, you ever like dig like you're potting a plant or you're digging in a garden and you're you're shoveling up that that dirt from just a little below the surface. Like when you fall off a bicycle like, and you hit face first, <laughs> kind of like yeah, that. Yeah, 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 yeah. I know exactly what you're yeah. talking about. <laughs> it's the kind where as you're digging it up, you're you're expecting to find earthworms. It's that kind of uh, it, it's that kind of loamy, just wonderful, uh, rich earth. Got a lot of that on the uh, pre-light and it was uh, it was just like a chocolate bomb as well which was kind of cool I used my trusty punch and lit her up and wow Nicaraguan pepper blast was on I mean it was <laughs> it was very real on this cigar once it settled down I'm starting to call it the NPB now the Nicaraguan pepper blast. the NPB once the NPB settled down uh, the flavors of the blend uh, really started to show through the deep uh, rich chocolate tones uh, coffee and an underlying sort of uh, spice that was evident from the very beginning really really good by the second third I was getting notes of roasted peanuts and the chocolate aromas kind of morphed into some Something a little more like a, a malt or a good, you know, chocolatey malted milk. You ever have that that chocolate milk that you mix up that's got the malt vibe oh, to yeah, it? Yeah. Oh, yeah, love that. Uh, anyway, the retrohale on this cigar was absolutely sublime. Probably the best I've experienced in a very long time. The finish left a note of sweet tobacco on the palate. Uh, not sweet as in sugary, but sweet as in just kind of wonderfully lip smacking, almost like mm-hmm. uh, almost like a fruity sweet. But you, I couldn't really identify a particular fruit. It was just, it was just amazing, is what it was. Uh, the burn was not razor straight on the 1935 anniversary, but it never got hot. It never developed runs or canoes, and I never touched it up. I just let it go, and it smoked uh, beautifully. Maybe it didn't look as pretty as some cigars I've smoked before that have that razor straight burn, but it uh, gave me absolutely no problems as far as the actual smoking experience itself. I could go on and on, quite frankly, about this cigar, but I won't. I'll just say that it's probably my favorite cigar that I've smoked in the last five years. <laughs> that's seriously, that's all you have to say about seriously. it. Seriously, I mean, uh, that's saying a lot because I've been fortunate enough to have some really good cigars. That that uh, um, Oliva that Trenton gave us, and then you and I uh, were supposed to split a box of, but you gave me my half for Christmas. Remember mm-hmm. that? Oh, those cigars. That anniversary cigar is just absolutely incredible. I split a box with you. Well, sort of. I gave you half a box. Right. And then I uh, I split a box with another buddy of mine, and I'm still down to one Yeah, cigar I got two in the first. humidor. I'm, 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 I'm really kind of holding on to them. But, uh, but honestly, to say this is the best cigar I've had in the last five years, I've had some really good cigars. I've had some bad ones, too, but I've had some really good cigars in the last five years. So, uh, kind of a kind of a big deal. Um, if you smoke one of these and you don't understand why I am such an AJ Fernandez fanboy, then I'll never be able to probably explain it to you. <laughs> uh, you'll get it or you won't, I think, you know? So, to summarize, AJ Fernandez, genius. Monte Cristo, legendary brand. And this cigar, this particular Toro, unbelievable. 
unbelievable. It's a limited release, so do not wait to try this. Go out and grab them while they're yeah. in the stores. Costa de Monte Cristo still has we still some. still have a couple of, of them. I was in there today. Week. Yep. Uh, it's about a $16 mm-hmm. cigar, and it's worth every penny and more. Very highly recommended. I'm going to give it a 65 on wow. the price to quality for a sixteen dollar cigar. I'm I'm not kidding you. If this had been a nineteen or twenty dollar cigar, I'd have said I'm laughing. It's expensive, but it's worth it. You looked at me like I was a little crazy when I said it was a sixteen dollar cigar and gave it a six. Yeah. You looked at when I did this, yeah. you were like, it's that good. So you I gave like, it a six. I, yes. I, I knew you gave it a high rating. I couldn't remember exactly what it was. But yeah, uh, six, I, I almost said seven, and then it just felt like I was being <laughs> too over the top. You know what I mean? Uh, but seriously, if this cigar it's had cost me 20 yeah. bucks, I would not have batted an eye. I would have said that's one of the best $20 cigars yep. I've ever smoked. So at 16, get them. Um, and by the way, if my mic wasn't securely fastened to the stand right now, this is where I would do the mic drop. Oh, nice. That's, that's how good <laughs> that's that how cigar good, yeah, was. That's a great cigar. Yeah, so, so, wow. Uh, so, good time to take a break on that high note. And, uh, you know, the, the thing I'm really excited about is I actually bought two of them. So there's still one in the humidor. Oh, yeah. I need to pick one up. I need to pick <laughs> up another oh, one or two because they're so good. Yeah, yeah, uh, sure. Right before we take the break, I just want to say hi to Bruce. Bruce said his uh, his back deck is his walking cooler of it's course just take it is his, open the door and you're out there hi to abigail she's on here watching we'll be right back it's smoking and toasting so i brought that stout because i tried it on a whim Welcome back. It's Smoking and Toasting, show number 268. We'll be talking today about the fight for cigar rights and the best stouts to try. By the way, the list is 24 stouts to try nice. this winter. So we'll be uh, we'll be able to delve in and hopefully find some gems. I have not gone over this list, so I'm not even sure yet what's on it. So looking forward to that. Our guest is uh, Smoking and Toasting's legal expert, Trey Boring. And Trey is not only uh, involved in, in uh, cigar rights and fighting for cigar rights, but he is also uh, a representative of what I think is one of the coolest organizations uh, that that are designed to benefit our servicemen and women. And that is, of course, Cigars for Warriors. And uh, uh, Trey, explain just basically, just in case someone doesn't know, what Cigars for Warriors does. So we are the only 501c3 charity. So we're an official charity, got, got, got all of our stuff in line. In fact, uh, if you've ever heard of GuideStar, which is basically the Better Business Bureau online for charities, and they rank and rate charities. We are a platinum status charity for the second second round. Uh, We've been, uh, every time we've registered with them, we have been platinum. Uh, 0.025% of all charities qualify for platinum. And can I guess why I think that would be? Because the ones that don't probably have a higher amount of what's donated to them that goes to administrative costs rather than going to the cause that they are uh, deeming to support, right? Correct. Uh, We were founded in 2012 by a group of volunteers. Uh, Nobody in our charity takes a salary. Right. Um, We have a couple of folks that get a little stipend because they actually do do 
things that cost money and, and yeah, yeah right, you know right. things like that. But we have nobody that takes a salary uh, from our chairman Storm Bowen uh, to any of our other board members. None of us take a salary. It's it's a it's a a charity where we take all the revenue we get and we spend it on the mission of the charity. But what happens with Cigars for Warriors is we have a website and a service man or woman who's stationed in a very crummy deployment area mm-hmm. or a combat zone um, goes online, requests cigars. And through the donations that we collect right now, because of our friends at the FDA, manufacturers used to be the ones that gave us a vast majority of the cigars in our early days. Right, because companies could say, companies hey, could here's, say here's, here's an overrun, here's right. some boxes, mm-hmm. and, uh, you know, Drew Estate <laughs> and... Miami Cigar, and you know, I could go through the entire list of people that have been around uh, the Bovida folks. They sent, they have from day one sent us packs to mm-hmm. go in the in, in those the things pack. are genius. Oh, I genius. love it. I just got, I just had to get another one. I, I have a, a humidor where I have a few of those little uh, sponges in a pouch, you know, yeah. and I kept having to re-wet the sponges. I was like, what am I doing? I just need to go buy a Bovetta. And so that's what yeah. I did. I, I, well, they've been yeah. a supporter for our 10 years. 2022 is our 10th anniversary. We were founded wow, in 2012. Um, and, you know... It's well, a good opportunity to smoke a cigar. It is. It is. Just it is. Absolutely. It's a great anniversary <laughs> time. But we, uh, we've ta- we take those requests. And since 2018, when all the deeming reg- regulations and all these different things really kind of hit, and mm-hmm. most of the manufacturers, a little bit before that, most of the manufacturers were like, sorry, you know, there's, we're not going to be able to donate because the FDA specifically said you cannot, that's a giveaway. You cannot give that away. We switched gears and we started partnering even stronger with our retailers. So uh, you can go into your local cigar shop, and if they're a Cigars for Warriors donation center, they should have a box. And I just say, when you walk in, buy one extra stick and drop it in that box. box. Because, you know, that store will collect, you know, 20, 30, 40 sticks in a month and send them to us. Mm -hmm. And that may not sound like a lot for us to But you get a lot of stores doing that. We got over 400 stores Stores everywhere. I I think I told this story when you were on last time, but I ended up in uh, Tombstone. Correct. And I walked into the little cigar shop there, and there's a Cigar for Warriors things. We put mm-hmm. a few cigars in there and ended up talking to the proprietor about it. Oh, yeah. yeah. And uh, they, they're, they're such fans. Oh, it's all, all around the country. We have, oh, like I say, over 400 shops that partner with us. Uh, many will do events, major events. Um, you guys came down to my event that I always do in the fall. At one uh, point. I was going to ask, are you doing that again? Because that was we, a we, blast. we did that in November. That was at the Smoke oh, Ring, wasn't it? Yeah, we yeah. did it at the Smoke Ring mm-hmm. in Webster. And... Uh, you know, Larry uh, there at the Smoke Ring's done it with me every year mm-hmm. um, since 2013. So uh, we did our eighth in a row in November. Uh, we moved it back a little bit just because with COVID and you're kind of worried Harris County was kind of wigging yeah. out a little bit mm-hmm. about some protocols. Mm-hmm. So we kind of moved it back. Uh, but somewhere in the fall, we always do that one. This year, in uh, coming right out of COVID, because we did a drive-by one the year before right. in 2020, right. But uh, we had the big party and everything, and uh, everybody stayed stayed good, social distanced, and you know we had a, we had a good spread out crowd. But the funny thing was, is we pump jumped right back up to where we were previous years, and we shipped almost five thousand cigars so out of that one event. Nice, so great. Nice. And and you know you were talking about the servicemen and women that request these cigars. There's a lot of places they can be deployed where there's no cigar yeah. store no. No, they no, can go to. Correct. And and they can't necessarily 
pack themselves a big box of cigars and take them with them when they're deployed. Right. right. So they really don't have access if it wasn't for something like Cigars for Warriors. Absolutely. And part of our protocol with them is we send them a, a box that usually has 20 to 25 <laughs> cigars, depending on what my, you know, uh, supply supplies are. And, um, <clears throat> you know, those 20, 25 cigars, they're committed to sharing them with their unit. Mm-hmm. And the pictures we get, if you anybody find us on social media, find us on the web page, you'll see pictures, pictures awesome. rolling through. Mm-hmm. And it's just the, the, the mission is to give these folks a little bit of home, a little relaxation when they are stationed in places you and I don't want to be. That's absolutely no. right. And they don't want to be there either, but they're doing their, they're duty doing their, their job, job yep. for the country. And what I think is, is absolutely awesome is, you, especially if there's anyone on the planet that needs an opportunity to have that relaxing, somewhat peaceful moment where you light a cigar and sit and smoke it. It's the people who are doing let's, that yeah. work. Let's talk about the nitty-gritty on some of that, too. Some of these soldiers, uh, uh, where they're stationed, can be absolutely bored out of their skulls. Oh, yeah. There's a lot of waiting mm-hmm. uh, and things like that going on, but you're still on duty. So having something to look forward to yeah. when you get off duty. I mean, think about it this way. You know, on a regular day of work, you're like, oh, man, I can't wait to get home and have a beer or have a whiskey or whatever it is. And these guys are waiting for a day off so they can have a cigar. You have something there, that yeah. that thing for them to look forward yeah. to. That's mentally very healthy, you know? you know. Oh, yeah, well, it's the stress factor. So you got to figure with their job, they may have downtime. But they go from this high of a stress level oh, yeah. to nothing to do. Mm-hmm. And if you've gone through something traumatic, that's where PTSD develops, right? right. This is where people begin to settle in and start because they have two choices. If they, they've smoked cigars, they've requested cigars from us, they can sit down with their buddies and talk about anything but what just happened. Yeah, yeah. Anything or, but the desert outside right, them. Yeah. Or they're going to sit down and stew on it. Right. Yeah. And think about it. And so right. we've had we've had medical doctors and, and chaplains in the military talk about how we are the first line of defense against PTSD because things like this, mm-hmm. nice. where uh, a service man or woman can sit down after high stress, that, that that's what makes them check their mental health yeah. as it we go through. So it normalizes things yeah. a little bit. Yeah. You're sitting yeah. down, being social, those kind of things. Because you think about it, they're either bored or in danger. Yep. There's like nothing in between right. for these guys. You oh, know? absolutely. Yeah, you know? so absolutely. It's, it's a you know there's there's other jobs where you know like maybe being an actor or something where there's a lot of standing around and waiting while they get the the set set up. But then when it's time to work, nobody's shooting at you. At least not you know real bullets. For real. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, exactly. Yeah. With the exception of maybe uh, Alec Baldwin. But uh, but beyond that, <laughs> oh. I'm sorry. Too soon. I'm sorry. Ouch. Uh, I uh, okay. Uh, let's rewind the tape and and record over that. Um, uh, no, but but seriously, uh, yeah. it's 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 such a great thing. And I know that a lot of times you'll uh, go to stores to do uh, uh, cigar shops to do these collections, and it'll be at a time when you've got uh, one of the manufacturers doing some sort of a special deal. I believe when we were there, I think Ian and I split a box of cigars and got like a five pack or a ten pack yeah. as a bonus, which we then took and put right into yeah. the collection box. And it's it's it makes it really you guys, easy. To you guys do have that. a very clever and earnest way of making it easy at those uh, at those events too. It's very nice. Like like you said, buy a box, get this five pack and then and then the suggestion as well i mean you could keep it it's not a problem you could toss a couple cigars in or you can toss the bonus pack in yeah you know as it's just a bonus pack 
at this point anyway. Right. But that means a lot because then I don't know, it was like a ten cigar bonus pack or something like that when when we got it. That's mm-hmm. that's a bunch yeah. of cigars it's, in there. It's a really well really Oliva Oliva usually every couple of years there at that event, depending on, you know, uh, Trent's time, you know, is it, can he be there, right, as the sales rep? But he was there this year, and um, I'm, I'm going to embarrass him because he's he's always doing oh, great things. By the but, way, please embarrass Trent. Wait, wait, here's, here's the funny part. <laughs> we love that. But, love but here's that the funny part for me is um, they created – he was there with CLE Cigars because mm-hmm. Larry usually does a right, couple, right. couple of things. Well, what he did, what he did this year is they put together a sample pack uh, that you could purchase, right? And the sample pack was full of really cool CLE and Oliva cigars, so the consumer got something really good. Mm-hmm. But what uh, Trenton did is he said, "Hey, we're going to donate the freebies to CFW, and you get extra raffle tickets for nice. for what's going on." And we we beat. Larry's single day store record wow, that's for so donations. Cool. That's so because, cool. Wow. And, 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 I, and, and Trenton will go, it wasn't me, it was all the consumers. He's very humble when it comes to this, and I always try to brag on him, and he always tells me to stop. But that guy um, is one of the best reps for taking care of CFW when the time comes. A lot of great ones. I'm not, you know, there's yeah. plenty out there. Uh, you know, our, our guys from CLE were great, they have big supporters mm-hmm. as well. But uh, Trent and I always like to point him out special just because awesome. he hates it. And, and it's always fun <laughs> when you get to brag on somebody that goes, quit embarrassing me. Yeah, right, well, right. Uh, and he's, uh, he's one of our absolute favorites. Though. He's we, so much fun. Uh, we, in fact, we've got, uh, we were just talking to him uh, just this last week about lining him up for a mm-hmm. future show. And he's like, I don't have anything new. I was like, I don't care. So? <laughs> <laughs> just come on the so? show. <laughs> You know, we've got such a good track record with him because uh, uh, two times ago when he was on, that was the day that Oliva announced that special anniversary cigar. He got and the, then the last text time he about them it. In. Yeah, while during, we were during the show on the show. Yeah. <laughs> so cool. That was super so fantastic. absolutely cool. Well, let's try some Mexican lager, shall we? This is uh, Fullbrook. Aleworks is the name of the brewery. They are from Richmond, Texas, which is uh, just a uh, hop, skip, and a jump from downtown Houston. You said it's, a hop. It's a very long hop, skip, and jump. But it, but they're, it's they're, beer, in, it's hop. they're in the Houston. They're still in the Houston greater metro area, and uh, and that's that's interesting because I don't think we've had a beer from a brewery in Richmond, have we? I don't think so. There's yeah. one. Uh, there's one in. Sugarland area, the baseball right. theme one. What's that one called? Uh, you, uh, you, I know. I can see the cans. Yeah, uh, everything's got those, a baseball theme. Those old timey baseball uh, player looking guys on the cans. I should we're know all this. knowing it. We should know it. I should know this. So uh, anyway, I'm sure somebody will. A uh, leaguer, big leaguer, big league, big league or leaguer. Yeah, yeah, something that's like right. that. Big yeah. leaguer, I think. Yeah, they make yeah. some good beers. They this can do. is fantastic, by the way. It's got this uh, old western scene with the sun and the desert and the mesas in the background. And then this character up front with a giant sombrero and a hop in his hand, and it's he's wearing his bandoleros. It's uh, mm-hmm. that's pretty entertaining. Very cool, very cool. Well, uh, I have not tried this, so it'll be interesting, and There's I'm hoping this gives us a no little... information on this. It yeah, says, I noticed Fulbrook that. Mexican Lager product of USA. Uh, it, it smells like a Mexican lager. It's at five percent, mm-hmm. and that's what we know about this beer. Mm. Well, I can tell you right off the top, I like it. It's got a little saltiness to it. It smells a little limey. Yeah, a little salt and lime vibe mm-hmm. to it. And that does not, I'm going to say it right now, that does not always work in a beer. 
Sometimes it comes off. It tastes salty and limey. Yeah. Sometimes it comes off tasting a little like a, a, a like they added floor polish right. instead of instead of lime. <laughs> but this reminds me, even though it's a different beer style, reminds me of the salty lady, the Goza from uh, uh, Martin House. It's, it's like got if that you kind took of beer and, and just put just a touch of Gatorade or something in mm-hmm. it. It's interesting. I like it. I think it's. I think it's very drinkable and perfect for a summer day, and really perfect if you're like, you know, grilling fajitas. Yeah, yeah, that'd be perfect. It, it, it has like the lime flavor in there is kind of a. It tastes like a cheap throw-in, kind of thing, but I kind of like it because of that. If that makes sense, it's the salt that that makes it work. I think is it because it's because yeah. it's just got this obvious like oh and here's some lime. <laughs> Well, and it doesn't taste like right, natural so. lime. It tastes like lime-flavored lime. But it also doesn't taste like floor wax, like the uh, Bud Light no. lime. And that's, <laughs> that's what I'm... Uh, uh, that's what, by the way, since we're, since we're talking about Anheuser-Busch again, uh, uh, I, was, uh, I was driving to a uh, meeting yesterday, and I saw uh, at one of the TimeWise convenience stores, there was a, a beer truck parked there uh, making its deliveries. And it, uh, it had the... Um, the side was painted with the uh, can and the colors and the advertising for Hopadillo, the Carbach, mm-hmm. uh, the Carbach IPA. And I just happened to notice as I drove by that it said on the side of there, the number one selling IPA in Texas. And I thought, that's really sad. Uh, and it's not that I don't like Hopadillo. It's, it's a good beer. But the reason it's the number one selling IPA in Texas is because the Budweiser guys, because they're owned by Anheuser-Busch, yeah. they go in and strong arm these convenience stores in different places and say, well, if you're going to carry craft beer, you got to carry ours. So you probably can't go into most convenience stores and get something from, you know, Stone or someplace else. I, I have to tell you, in my neighborhood, the convenience stores do not have great choices in beer. Yeah. And they always have some Carbach thing. Yeah, and it, yeah. Well, it annoys me. You see the Crawford Bach and you see the Love Street, and those are two pretty good beers. I, I, I generally pick up Shiner. I have more favorite box uh, if I'm going that direction, but Love Street is not a bad beer. Oh, man. But, uh, but, 11 Below, uh, Goat Getter, Bach. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> so good. I gave I, you one I, of those last this so, is This is bizarre. I can't stop drinking it. Yeah. Uh, what? Yeah, I, I, I agree. The, uh, but I'm going to tell you what, what what hit me with this, with the lime and the salt that you're talking about, is think about doing a beer-battered fish taco with this. Ooh, oh, I bet that would be amazing. Now you're talking. Because no. I think all of the interesting flavors we're talking about would go right into that batter. I, I, I don't, and to me, you add you know more lime, more you know pico, whatever you put on your fish tacos, you know, I, I, I love that you think that way because uh, I bought a six pack one time of uh, No Labels Don Jalapeno. Mm. This is a jalapeno flavored beer. I'm not generally a fan of. I'm not really a fan of spicy, yeah. like hot spicy drinks. You know, that's just not. Right. I love hot spicy food. I right, see. I'm with you. And I drinks. I'm not a big spicy fan. drinks to watch. And I down. tried it and I thought, wow, that's not very good. And I love a lot of no label stuff, <laughs> yeah. but oh, that's yeah. yeah, they have great. That beers. is not that is not very good. Well, and my wife looks at me. She's like, "Well, what are we going to do with it?" And I said, "We got brats." Yeah, and it oh makes, yeah, uh, it, it makes, makes excellent brats. badass brats. <laughs> yeah, so good. That's so good. By the way, I'll show that to the camera again. I just absolutely love this guy holding the hop here, the shirtless uh, guy with the sombrero. <laughs> he looks like he is up 
totally up to no good. And I, I kind of like that about him. He's uh, <laughs> That's he, pretty awesome. He, he looks like a, a bandolero. Uh, all right. Well, I, I like it. I'm going to give it a thumbs up. I, I think that it's uh, interesting. It's of all of the Mexican lagers that I've tried that have the saltiness to them, this would be my, my favorite. It's not really that carbonated either. No, which mm. is a little surprising. And it leaves that kind of sweet lime in the back. I, I, I'm i not sure that, like, if you put this on paper, I'd say, oh, hell no. Yeah. But drinking it, I can't kind of stop drinking it. Yeah, I actually more. went so, for more. <laughs> so, so I don't know what's going on tells here. Tells you something. All right, we're going to take a break, and we will be back. Smoking and toasting number 268. We've yet to talk about the fight for cigar rights, but we will get there, and we'll also get to the best stouts to try this winter. Plus, I didn't mention this, we got a rum to try today. Rum. Um, it is Europan's Charanda Añejo rum uh, from, of course, Mexico. And we will be trying some of that. As the program continues, it's smoking and toasting. Yeah, it's so weird. I feel like I don't want to like it, but I really do. First thing I thought about was Welcome back. It is Smoking and Toasting, show number 268, halfway to so 300. Groovy. And we are excited to be here. Trey Boring is our guest, and we're excited to have uh, Trey on really, really anytime because you're just kind of fun to hang out with. Uh, but, you know, besides all the cool stuff that you do. So um, that's, that's kind of a. If you get booked twice on our show, we had fun. Yes, right. You know, it's it's uh, you can get booked once, and and we'll you know let you talk about your product or whatever it is. But if you get booked a second time, yeah, we had a pretty good time with you. And, <laughs> and, and so you, you look at somebody like uh, like Trey, who's been on multiple times, or Docs, who's going to be back on soon. By the way, uh, these are people we had a pretty darn good time with. So, uh, and I won't even mention Alan Denny, that dude. You know, just. I'm sorry, who? Yeah, exactly. We've been told this before, but people just don't care about him. So, <laughs> so that's, that's just the way it is. Um, while Ian is pouring here, I want to uh, burn through a really quick list. This is the Cigar Aficionado list of the best buys of uh, 2021. These are all uh, cigars. I said $10, but it's even better than that. These are all cigars with suggested retail prices of $6 or less that scored high in wow. the Cigar Aficionado uh, reviews. So I'm just going to run through these real quick. Uh, uh, scoring 88 points, number 20, the Alec Bradley Project 40. Uh, That's a good is, cigar. Uh, which, yeah. is, uh, yeah. Yeah, which is a good cigar. It's five ninety nine, dollars and it's a Nicaraguan. The Punch Knuckle Buster Toro, uh, $5.49. It's a Honduran cigar. The Macanudo Inspirado White Corona uh, scored an 89 It's $5.49. And again, this is suggested retail price now yep. because uh, it may vary depending on how much <laughs> taxes you're paying in your state or, or whether there's any additional markup from your uh, cigar store. Uh, at uh, at the next uh, place on the list, uh, the Muat Baitfish. Muat stands for My Uzi Weighs a Ton. Uh, it's $5.50. It's a uh, Robusto. They say here, size odd. So it's a, a kind, of a, kind of a funky looking uh, robusto. It scored an eighty nine. And by the way, uh, if you want to try that, you should get one quickly because 
Drew Estate has announced they are discontinuing, discontinuing the, the Moat line. line. Yep. yep. So, uh, Lafleur Dominicana Cameroon Cabinet Number Three, a five dollar and eighty cent Petite Corona, scored an eighty nine. La Aurora, nineteen eighty five Maduro Churchill, uh, scored a an eighty nine, and it is a six dollar cigar. Ipigarillo's Interlude Carrito, C A R R I L L I T O S. That's a great cigar. Or Carolitos, as uh, the gringo would say. Uh, it is. <laughs> A two dollar and sixty five cent cigar. So this is a little one. This yeah. is one of oh, the little littlest one in that yeah, line. Yeah, yep, yeah. yep. Yeah. And uh, and it's uh, it scored an eighty nine. Uh, so for a little cigar to score an eighty nine, wow, that's a big deal because those little cigars. I mean, they're good, but they generally aren't as good as something that's got more tobacco in it. So, uh, the Don Diego Lonsdale at five dollars and seventy four cents scored a ninety. Wow, I haven't seen Don Diego on one of these lists in a very very long wow. time. If, like ever, uh, the Buenaventura Pralines P five fifty four at five dollars and ninety cents. It's the Toro. That's just a great mm-hmm. inexpensive cigar. You talked about Buenaventura, yeah, great line. Uh, mm-hmm. uh, recently, Bang for the buck, fantastic. Absolutely. Another Alec Bradley Project Forty. This is the Maduro, uh, the Robusto at five seventy five. Scored a ninety. La Aurora's nineteen year through Cameroon Churchill scored a ninety one. Gran Habano Corojo Number Five Lunch Break, which is a petite Corona, mm-hmm. scored a ninety one. I love the name. Uh, Nat Seco, is it Seco or Ciso? Nat Seco. Nat Seco, Casino Real Double Toro uh, at $5.79, a Nicaraguan cigar. Uh, it scored a 92. Charter Oaks, Habano, Lonsdale. I don't think I've had the Habano. Uh, at $6, scored a 92. The Buenaventura Cremas C100 is the number one cigar on this list at 93 Point. I mean, when you score at 93, a 93, cigars that score 93 on Cigar Aficionado for, are usually things like, uh, you know, yeah. uh, Padron Anniversarios yeah. and stuff like that. Well, the, uh, the Buena Vincia to me is when you look at those, any of the lines they have, you know, they are a good price per flavor, you know, in, in oh, the scale. Uh, they, these things go to sixes and sevens regularly, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. I, um, in, in my, my palate. But there are several ones like the Project 40. Um, I'll buy them because I, I call them golf course cigars, not because they're not good cigars, right. but because when I hit that bad shot and I throw my cigar across the <laughs> golf course, I'm not throwing a $12 cigar across, and then I go, okay, I can go, I can light another I one. I can light another one, yeah, that makes sense. I know uh, back when uh, we first started this company and I was making literally dozens of dollars a month, uh, I used to smoke a lot of those because because they were very affordable and very good yeah. for what you were paying. Oh, absolutely. So, uh, so our uh, beer here is from Dogfish Head, one of my personal favorite. Where breweries. the wild hops are, uh, yeah. So this is a uh, this is a very interesting. Uh, well, the the, new the artwork IPA. on here is a little confusing. It's mm-hmm. where the wild hops are, so you'd assume that there's uh, probably there's, a play on the children's book. Yeah, well, yeah, of course guess. that. But they have a little trap set up here. It's like the classic, you know, Bugs Bunny trap with the box held oh, right. up on one yeah, side yeah, with a stick with and a stick, string. Yeah. <laughs> and there's a hop in the uh, in the trap. Oh, nice. Uh, you know, and a little hop bud in the trap. And it's got a hop. bite out of it. And then, a, like, a giant, like, like like big monster footprint next to it. So are they? Well, they are they using got those big monsters in the children's books, right? Right, right. right. Are. So so I'm wondering if they're using the hop 
to lure the monster, but but it's where the wild hops are. Is the monster a hop as well? Uh, I don't know I don't what's know. going Maybe, on. I'm taking a little liberty, and I'm just going to say it's a very interesting. Uh, hey, let me put it this way: we're talking this long about the label, yeah. so some, they're doing yeah. something right. Well, and I'll just say this. When you brew an IPA this delicious, you can make whatever kind of a label you want. This is the Off-Centered Art Series uh, featuring Max uh, Mann. M-A-H-N Mann. It's really, really beautifully done. Have you tried the beer? I have. Uh, and I'm really curious because, see, I'm I'm the IPA guy. I have a tendency to like lots of different IPA styles. You are a little pickier when it comes to IPAs. And I think I see your answer right there. So uh, this IPA is, they call it the Off-Centered Art Series. The IPA itself is off-centered. Mm-hmm. This is not an incredibly well-balanced IPA. This is an IPA that has such an interesting hop character. Mm-hmm. And uh, on the first sip, it's a little polarizing because it's a little bitter, a little pine cone, but that almost immediately goes away. And you get that finish. With the the sweet finish from yes, it. Like, it is sweet. I don't expect a sweet finish on, on, an, IPA. on an IPA. I expect yeah. a bitter uh, right. finish. That's what mm-hmm. makes this and so And this different. has such a sweet finish to it. It's very bizarre. It's not a hot, it's not a malty sweet finish right. either. It's it's almost like a um, citrusy mm-hmm. sweet right. but finish. It, but it. it's anything but like a hazy, uh, fruity type of IPA. Right. It's, a, it's a whole no. different fi- finish. Well, I'm not an IPA fan at all, generally. Mm-hmm. I'm just not a hop guy, you know. I don't. But this one drinks presentable to anybody yeah, that I, wants I to agree. try an IPA. You get a little, as Ian was saying, you get a little of that sort of pinecone hop right up front, but it very quickly kind of transitions to that yep. sweetness. And, uh, you know, th- these guys at Dogfish Head, I mean, they really are uh, amazingly creative. I think when I think of companies that can make um, IPA styles that might be a little more polarizing in general and still make them acceptable to Dogfish Head. Yeah, I think Dogfish Head, I think Stone, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. and I think uh, there's there's several others. Um, quite frankly, uh, St. Arnold is, yeah. is good at that. Um, and it's just, this is just delicious. I mean, it, you know, we talked about Hopadillo before. Hopadillo is a good IPA if you like something just super over-the-top kind of hoppy that's very much an in-your-face. Probably not the kind of IPA right. that you would drink, right? Uh, but this is this just seems so so creatively crafted, like a gateway IPA. You know? Yeah. <laughs> so you mentioned Hopadillo. I'm just going to harp on this for just a moment. Okay. Hopadillo is a good IPA if you're the kind of guy who likes pie and wants to stick their face in a pie. <laughs> That's the kind of IPA it is to a person who likes IPAs. That is not where I thought you were going with that. Uh, and I want to just thank you for keeping it, you know, above the waist, shall we say. No, it's, it's, it's an okay beer. It's uh, And it's an okay IPA, but it's not, it's not amazing. And it's yeah. the number one selling because they push it to every single bar. Yeah, absolutely. And, this, and it is, is, this is an incredibly interesting IPA. This, it sure is. This is something where I take a drink of it and I want to taste another one because it's just so darn interesting. Right, like, what is that about? Let's, let's, have, let's have more. Uh, well, and it's citrusy, too. It's, it's not a citrus IPA. It's not like, uh, like your St. Arnold... Um, uh, the citrus one, the uh, the sabrico nut, or the yeah. uh, or the uh, the, All, hazy, the hazy juicy. Yeah, the this juicy is nut. not that. It's this is incredibly interesting. Yeah, different from any other idea. And very I've ever little had. carbonation going on yeah, too, which I appreciate. By the way, that to me, 
that is the as a guy that really loves IPAs of all kinds, the number one way you can mess up an IPA, in my opinion, is to overcarbonate it. Yeah. You do need some, but when it fizzes on your tongue, it's not allowing you to get that hop or whatever citrusy flavors you've got in there. It's it's kind of kind of masking them, in my opinion. Yeah, and it's and it going to bitter them a little bit. Fun. I think. Yeah, mix it not as much fun. That's it's incredibly interesting. Yeah, I don't. I don't Lovely I don't know exactly how to categorize it. The, uh, the little store downstairs in my building regularly has the 60-minute IPA. They, you know, they've got a, a great beer selection, yeah. considering that it's a fairly small space, right? Mm -hmm. So they don't have the 90 or the 120, but they do carry the 60 regularly. And I'm kind of surprised at how often that's what I wind up picking up. Because yeah. it's just a very good, flavor-forward, hoppy IPA. Yeah, I've, and, I've and, said and it balanced. many times before. Dogfish Head nailed it so well with the 90-minute. Yeah. But it's a lot of IPA. Like, yeah. Oh, like, yeah. That's, well, that's a lot of people like are like, stone. that's too much IPA. Yeah, it's like stone. I mean, it's wonderfully balanced, yeah. but it is not my first IPA. And everyone's a little surprised that I generally don't <laughs> buy IPAs, but the 90-minute or something like stones... IPAs like those are ones that I would gravitate towards, but I like if you're gonna have an IPA that's that hoppy, you gotta have more stuff in there, more malt, more everything else mm -hmm. to back it up. And that's what they you do. You can't just make it uh, a hop slap in the face and expect me to like it. I'm not going to. Absolutely. You know? All right, uh, we got to take a break. When we come back, we're going to talk about uh, imperial. Well, not just imperial stouts, but stouts. Twenty four stouts for you to try this winter. Plus, I want got Trey to bring us twenty four stouts on my dresser. <laughs> Oh, sorry. Did I just do that? <laughs> I got 99 stouts and Hoppadillo uh, <laughs> ate one. Hoppadillo's not a stout. That didn't work. I couldn't, isn't it funny? I couldn't think of a stout that I didn't really like uh, to, to complete that attempt at a joke. So I apologize for its lameness. All right. We'll take a break. We'll be right back. We got uh, to talk about where we are right now uh, with the battle for cigar rights. And Trey Boring will fill us in next. All right. Let me run out to my car and grab this. Okay. Stop. Real quick. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Woo. Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen. It is Smokin' and Toastin', show number 268. We are all about craft beer, fine spirits, and hand-rolled cigars. We'll get to uh, maybe a craft beer and a fine spirit in this uh, in this segment if we can uh, if we can make all of that happen. Uh, Ian brought an unscheduled beer, which of course is like the greatest idea ever, uh, <laughs> and he uh, he's going to pour a little of it uh, for us while we go through this stout list because it is in fact a stout. So tell us what you're pouring there, Ian. So this is uh, Brazos Valley Brewing. That's a good brewery too. Company and it's slipping into darkness. Oh this yes. This is a Russian Imperial Stout. It says they've done a series of stouts: coffee, cocoa nibs, and hazelnut. Okay, well, uh, nothing, nothing about that sounds bad. Yeah, so. <laughs> doesn't sound terrible, does All it? All right. So while you're uh, doing that, and we'll sip a little bit on this and talk about it, let me start running down this list because there's 24 stouts on this list, and they are, I believe, alphabetical by 24 brewery. 24 stouts on my dresser. Here we go. Against the grain, Amburana Wood, Amburana Wood, 70K. Uh, against the grain is 
is out of Louisville, Kentucky. And this particular stout starts off the list at 13% ABV. Thank you. Good night. <laughs> Chances our, are, I like it. That's our show. We'll see you next week. <laughs> um, uh, and the next one on the list is Alchemist. They have a stout called Beelzebub. Uh, it's an 8% Alchemist out of Stowe, uh, Vermont, and of course a very well-known uh, brewery for their uh, for their IPAs, but their stout makes this list as well. Mm. Ale Song's Rhino Suit Stout at 12.2. I'm guessing that is an Imperial. Uh, and uh, Marvel fans, they say, uh, may be uh, familiar with the supervillain the Rhino, who first appeared in Amazing Spider-Man issue number 41. And by the way, I did not know that from memory. It was written down on this article. <laughs> uh, just so, you know, I am a geek, but hey. Uh, anyway, uh, it's hard to tell if Rhino Suit is a tribute to that or not, but uh, it's apparently a very good IPA. This list, by the way, comes from Thrillist, and they really do have good lists. These are not like, you know, kind of bogus lists that people buy their No, way they're pretty to. fun. They're pretty yeah. fun overall. Anchorage Brewing's Darkest Hour, a 13% yes, ABV uh, out of Anchorage, Alaska, of course. Uh, I love this next title from Mesa, Arizona. The Beer Research Institute is the name of the brewery, <laughs> and the stout is called Morning Sex. Nice, good stout. <laughs> I, 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 you gotta but try it. I would buy that site yeah, on scene. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I bought Sleeping be, in the Darkness amazed. without ever having it. Right. Yeah. No, exactly. you, you'd be amazed. I do a lot of work in Phoenix for my day job. Mm-hmm. You know, cigars are the fun part. I actually have to work for a living. Right. Right. And that that brewery is very interesting because you're like well, lab coats. What am I going to run into? Right. <laughs> the, but that the beer stout, research institute. That stout. Is so you've had this. I've had that one. Trey Boring has nice. had morning sex, ladies and gentlemen. Nice. Yes. It's good to know. Yeah. Ever since my divorce, I yeah. have. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that can often help. But, uh, 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 from uh, Missoula, Montana. I think that's isn't that close to where Yellowstone is is uh, is filmed. Uh, Big Skies, Ivan the Terrible, a nine point five percent ABV stout. Yeah. Epic Brewings, and Ian, we had this one on the show. I was hoping we'd we'd know one of these. Epic Brewing's Big Bad Baptist. Yes, that makes the was list. a big bad. You beer. and I almost had a religious conversion yeah, experience that was when we tasted amazing. that. It was it was just absolutely over the top. Epic is out of Denver, Colorado. Uh, that's an eleven point eight percent ABV from Fifty Fifty Brewing. Their twenty nineteen Basil Hayden uh, is eleven percent ABV, and um, this this is part of a an ongoing series of stouts. Uh, and it's barrel-aged, obviously. That's where the Basil Hayden comes from. Mm-hmm. And uh, makes the list. Fort George Matryoshka. Uh, they're from Astoria, Oregon. I'm not familiar with Fort George. I don't know. You. Uh, 12% ABV. They make it. Grand Teton's Black Cauldron. Ooh, that's a great name for a stout, isn't it? Uh, that makes the list. Great Notions Double Stack out of Portland, Oregon. Uh, we've had some Great Notion beers on the show, but I don't think, I don't we've, think had we've had Double now. Stack. Yeah. Grim and American. Solera Baltic Porter uh, at 8%. They're out of Brooklyn, New York. And Half Acres Original Reaper uh, out of Chicago, Illinois makes the list as well. Four Hands Absent of Light. Four Hands is out of St. Louis, Missouri. Yep. Absence of Light. I know we've had Four Hands beers, but I don't, I don't think, think we've I don't had, think that, we had no. that one. Yeah. Uh, Holy Mountains Midnight Still. Another great that's, name. Uh, yeah, that sounds Another awesome. Great name. I want to try that. They're out of Seattle. Uh, that's 13%. Joseph James Bourbon Barrel Aged Imperial Stout out of Henderson, Nevada at 10.5. And I just have to. Have you tried this? Stop and, and ask you what you think about this because I snuck a sip a few moments ago. Well, I'm going to tell you, I this is this is my second can of this that I've started oh, with. Oh, okay. And uh, 
I brought this on specifically because mm-hmm. it's that damn good. It's like a German chocolate cake stout. Is it yeah. was my first. It's uh, a chocolate. Uh, so it says on here, chocolate, uh, coffee, cocoa nibs, and hazelnut. Russian Imperial Stout. So you have the bitter coffee finish that you expect but from a Russian Imperial Stout. But then you have this chocolate up front, and the hazelnut kind of smooths everything out in the middle. This is absolutely phenomenal. It really I is think delicious. this is one of the best stouts that I know of right now. Brazos Valley Brewing. And yeah, where are they on? It's kind of good. Brenham. Brenham. Um, so, yeah, it says, uh, let's see. Uh, let's see. This is there's one in Austin, one in College Station, one in Houston. It says uh, Texas made Brenham brewed. Okay. So maybe there they just go. have uh, maybe they just have some tap rooms like in those distribution different areas. points and tap rooms. So. Right. right. Uh, completing the list here. Can't... Oh no, I get oh. what they're saying. They're saying it's a, that's how far it is from these different oh, areas. Oh, I've seen now that on their sense. cans. Right. They show where they're kind of equidistant. Not from that there's three Houston of them. College Station right. in Austin. Right. And, and we all uh, who live in Texas, of course, know Brenham Sorry for being as the confusing. home of Blue Bell ice cream. It so says it says good, good time stuff. and beer. I feel like I feel like this is a repurposed can because I think this the good time and beer thing I think is what they put on the mama's little uh, pills. Oh, Isn't that yeah, one of theirs? I think you're right. Yeah, I think that's right. <laughs> <laughs> and it's a stick on well, label, but that's hey, okay. I got no problems with hey, that. Hey, repurpose those cans. It's all right with us. It's all right with us. This is outstanding. Uh, Cane Brewing's A Night to End All Dawns, another great name mm-hmm. for a, a dark stout. At 12.2, they're out of Ocean Township, New, New Jersey. From Stillwater, Minnesota, Liftbridge Silhouette. Very interesting. Uh, and Long Live Beer Works, Nani... Okay, it's easy for you to say. Let me spell it. N-A-N-A-I-M-O. Nanaimo Bites. A fourteen percent. They're out of Providence, Rhode Island. And listen, I've spent some time in Providence, and I'm not surprised they tried to give us a word that was very difficult to pronounce because <laughs> that's just a very, very interesting city. I was uh, I was having dinner uh, once. We had this uh, business sort of party get together, cocktail hour, and then dinner at this restaurant down in the area of Providence that was once kind of the mob heavy district. And I say once with quotes around it because I think it kind of still is. Uh, anyway, I'm, I'm walking around holding a drink and I look down at, it's one of those rooms with a com- with floor to ceiling windows. I look down at about knee level on the glass and there's a bullet hole in the glass. Nice. And so I, I brought the one of the uh, uh, waiters over and pointed it down and said, how long has that been there? And he goes, oh, about two years. Uh, not recent. Yeah, that's not a, recent. Exactly. So that's either better or worse, because yeah. it could be like, uh, well, if they do an average of so many per year. Yeah. Well. I don't know. I, my, my point was that, you know, it wasn't from a long, long time ago, you know? Uh, from Freeport, Maine, Maine's Fall Coffee Stout. Uh, it is a 16.9, uh, uh, the signature 16.9 ounce, ounce bottles. Thrive on simplicity, they say, but they consistently take the more complex approach on the actual liquid from uh, Maine Brewing. Mast Landing Gunner's Daughter at 5.5% out of Westbrook, Maine. From St. Louis, uh, Perennial Artisan Ales Abraxas. Have We've had, had that. I, yeah, we, we, we had sure that have. on the show. And yeah. it was quite good, as I recall. It's been a while, but that was quite that good. That spawned a whole Santana conversation, too. Yeah, yes, it did. I remember <laughs> that. And that's one of the quintessential Santana oh, albums. Are amazing. Oh, oh, it's great. At 14.8 ABV, Revolution Brewing's Death's Tar. And death is spelled D-E-T-H apostrophe S. Death's 
tar, so you get the Death Star uh, uh, that they're going for cool. there. Without having to pay royalties. With, without, exactly. Right. That's right. <laughs> George, Lewis can't, uh, George Lucas can't say a thing about it. Uh, side Project Beers, Barrel, Colon, Time. Actually, Side Project is the brewery. The beer is called Beer, Colon, Barrel, Colon, Time. Beer, uh. Barrel, Nice. That's I like the, the name. I think we've had Side Project I think on we have, before. but we haven't had that one, but we have had Side right. Project. They are out of St. Louis as well. Southern Brewing out of Athens, Georgia. Their Double Barrel Night Night. That's another good yeah. uh, 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 a name. Sweetwater. Now, I I think of Sweetwater as like lagers and IPAs. The one and, with the and, fish on yeah, it. Yeah, the one with the fish on it. <laughs> I don't think I've ever had a dark I've never seen anything guys. dark from them. Uh, well, they have an almond milk stout that made the list at 5.4 ABV. Uh, they say not every stout has to emulate the thickness of molasses or use lactose or rival the potency of whiskey shots. And then they go on to uh, say really good things about, uh, about uh, the Sweetwater almond milk stout. And I love the... Uh, the fact that their brewmaster, his name is Nick Knock. That's really his name. That's amazing. Nick Knock. Yeah, you got to love that. Treehouse, double shot. Treehouse out of Charlton, Massachusetts. We've had Treehouse beers on the show before. I don't think we've had the stout. Um, Weldworks. We've had some Weldworks yep. beers. Uh, this is the Media Noche Reserve at 13.5% ABV. They are out of Greeley, Colorado. Uh, Westbrook Brewery out of Mount Pleasant, South Carolina. Their stout is called Mexican Cake. That I feel delicious. like we've had I think that. We have had yes, that. Yeah. I feel like we've had I that. Before. We have had that. Uh, Wild East Turbines in Duos. Wild East is the brewery. Turbines in Duos is the name of the stout at ten percent. They're out of Brooklyn, uh, Memphis, Tennessee's Wiseacre Brewery. This is a, this is maybe the greatest name so far. Got to get up to get down. <laughs> <laughs> Got to get up. That's to get good. Down. That's good. And that's the list. That's all twenty four uh, from Thrillist. They have some great lists on there. And of course, if you're not visiting uh, Liquor.com, there's that's a great place to go for. Yeah, awesome Liquor.com has. As well. And so, they're great for recipes if you're looking for mixed drinks and stuff too. And we are sipping into darkness. How do you here. like? I love it. I absolutely love it. It's it does an exceptional job. There are plenty of stouts that balance the coffee and the chocolate. This one may balance them better than most. Yeah. This this is just an outstanding stout. Like I I couldn't believe it. I I bought it just because it said slipping in the darkness. And I like it. Ten. Ten. Wow. It does not. Ten. Doesn't ten point five. Yeah. That's dangerous because yes, it, it doesn't is. drink like a 10.5. Right. It drinks more like a 5 or a 6. Right. You, yeah. you drink about four of these because you go, yeah, these are going down really easy. And then you get up to you go know. to the restroom and you face plant in the dirt. And then we can talk <laughs> we about the about flavors in the cigar. <laughs> <laughs> you know, when Trenton's on the show, around, he right? pays attention. That's what's one of I see things. how he tied that whole thing uh, back yeah. together. <laughs> see what you're doing Full there. circle. Uh, well, no, um, but you're absolutely right. If you have, and it's a wonderful stout, if you have a... Uh, a buried hatchet stout from Southern Star. Fantastic. You know stout. you have had a big beer. You, yes. I mean it. It announces itself, and that's why they sell it just in the in the four packs. Mm-hmm. But and it's a great and wonderful beer. But but it it doesn't sneak up on you. It lets you know right away what you're dealing with. Yeah. This I think could sneak up on you. Yeah. This is so sweet. Uh, like in the best possible way, sweet and bitter chocolate. Yeah. It's just uh, and coffee. It just. I don't know what to say. It almost has me speechless. Too many stouts I don't like when they just go over, right? When over over pour, you know, on the chocolates or the peanut butters or the this or the that. Yeah, I'm going to tell you this one. As you mentioned, is 
for my palate, perfectly balanced. Yeah, love that's it. fantastic. Love it. Ian, I'm going to hand you this, and maybe you can uh, pour us some of this uh, uh, Añejo rum. Once again, thank you for uh, making sure that you cleared the plastic off the top of this bottle right. and cleared the neck a little bit so we don't have to worry about getting any plastic it's, cuts when I open it It's very or important spillage. not to spill when you're uh, pouring on the yes. show. You know, oh, We've had some spills on the show, but... You know, I do my part to try to keep them from happening. Well, that's why guests are not allowed to pour. <laughs> that's exactly right. <laughs> Especially this guest. Was it Docs? Who was it that poured like like uh, stuff all over the counter? I, I don't, I don't think remember. it was Docs. He's, he's at home right now going, that wasn't me. Uh, <laughs> We're going to blame it on Docs anyway. Yeah. That's going to be our new doctrine. We just blame everything blame on Docs. Blame it on Docs. I love it. Um, so while he's uh, pouring that tray, I want to ask you, in this ongoing fight for our rights as cigar smokers and against this bill that would take so many of those away would propose would its proposals would have a really chilling effect on the cigar retail business especially the smaller stores the mm -hmm. mom and pops um where do we stand are you optimistic or pessimistic where things are right I, now? i'm very optimistic at this point just because we had so many great um Victories, you know, even right. though it feels like one step forward, two steps back, which I think it is, because you're actually battling the federal government mm -hmm. with a consumer group that is not like the National Rifle Association. There are not as many cigar smokers in this country as there are gun owners, right? right. So, so, so it doesn't it's have a that constituency, kind of right? There's right. not the clout that we have with bigger things. Mm -hmm. Like go go to mess with Medicare, and you have every senior and AARP, sure. you know. We're, right. we're smaller. You've got the gun lobby. It's, right. it's a big deal. It's a big right. deal. For us, we just don't have that power. And we've done a tremendous job with the efforts of all of the associations, from CRA to PCA to TAA to all these other groups that are— To Rocky Patel. Yeah, to, that, are, that are arguing and, and, and putting money into the lawsuit, which was probably the best thing to do at that moment. Mm -hmm. And uh, then, you know, as I mentioned, sort of tongue-in-cheek, you know— uh, we've had the blessing of COVID for this scenario. It's a horrible thing, and I'm not making right. light of it. But it has but slowed down. There's a silver lining. Yeah, they've slowed down. Uh, FDA has their aggressive pursuit of different things, including tobacco. But we are not forgotten. And these <clears throat> things are going to come back around. Um, it's the, the element is, is they, they've been, you know, with some of these losses they've had, in uh, in relation to the, the lawsuit and things of that nature, they're they're back at the drawing board. Okay, is how do we put these deeming regulations back into effect? You know, there's a few that have been mentioned by the courts that you can't really do that. That's going to be burdensome, and so they're going to go back. And when they have free time, uh, using the finger air quotes here, mm -hmm, right? When they mm -hmm. have free time, they're going to go back at the FDA and they're going to come back at us with something else and the battle is going to start all over again. Do you expect that to be maybe less onerous uh, than, than what was proposed before? I'm a pessimist by nature. Um, <laughs> well, then you said you're optimistic, though. So yeah, that, that I, means... I, I think when they come, I'm optimistic of where we stand today. Mm -hmm. When they come back, I think they're going to try some more things, which is going to then put the burden back on the industry uh, to go back and fight those things, right? Um, and, you know, Cigar Rights of America is really the only place that a consumer can contribute to that cause. Right. And so, you know, I, I tell everybody, 
you know, it, it, we're, we're not the NRA. And you know what? If you sign up because you get two cool cigars that Rocky put together or, um, you know, Tatawahe put together for you, you're, you're kind of missing the point, right? Right. The, the whole idea here is to join so that your name's on the list because we don't have a million people on the list because the cigar smoking community is, you know, smaller than the gun community. And, Mm -hmm. you know, we're trying to get to reasonable numbers that help us from a consumer process, but it's also the only place you and I can contribute. Now, let me ask you, when I contribute to CRA, Cigar Rights of America, what do you guys do with the money? Let's say I give you uh, $50. Where does it go? So it goes in, it goes into the general fund, but a lot of the general fund is being spent on the legal fees and you know trying to keep the the lawsuit going or on lobbying like right now there is a huge effort from CRA and PCA and all these other organizations to lobby the new administration because you know we just had an administration change right in mm-hmm. 2021 and every administration is going to come at this a little the different the new the new FDA person is going to drop in and um <clears throat> you know it's not a personal comment on Biden love him hate him I don't care uh but Joe Biden was one of Ted Kennedy's cronies, and Ted Kennedy is the one that got us the tobacco bill that put all tobacco products under the FDA. Right. So, again, put the pessimistic hat back on. I, I'm concerned about how his FDA is going to look at this over the next four or three years now. We're a mm-hmm. year in, but, you know, over the next three years, how are they going to look at it? Right. But it's, you know, there's nothing hardcore definitive we take our victories, be happy with our victories, and be resolute in your commitment to fight. Now, I just want to mention something here. You might think, okay, well, I could give like 50 bucks or 100 bucks to CRA, but, you know, that, that might come out of my cigar buying budget. Let me explain to you what happens to the cigars you're going to buy if CRA and the other organizations are not successful yeah. in either battling back or or at least diluting it's, it's this called legislation. New York. Yeah, it's called New York. It's where it's so expensive to buy cigars that your your dollar your cigar dollar is not going to go very far at all. When they start doing things like mm-hmm. every every premium cigar has to cost at least this much. Was it $8 you know, I think? Something like was that. Was the yeah. beginning for yeah. every premium cigar starts at $8. That means it doesn't matter if it's that little $4 Bienaventura yeah. or it means every cigar on that list we went over today is now would over $8. Would go up to $8 or more. Would have well, if to. they wanted the protection as a premium cigar, which is less burdensome, uh, finger air quotes right, again. Right. Less burdensome than the, the, the swishers, everything under the $8 mark is considered in the same bucket as a machine-rolled cigar, which is insane. Yeah, right. That, yeah. that should be $3 or, uh, oh, or, less. or less. Yeah, I mean, you've you got know? to think about it. The, on that list you read today, there was the, uh, the real small one. I call mm-hmm. them truck cigars because right. the ones if I've got a short the, drive, I'm, and I smoke yeah. in my car. So don't I, come in a tin. Like, yeah, you, you yeah, see yeah, those. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I mean, that's still, for those that are on that list, The still petites premiums. and those kind yeah, of things. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah that, those are still... You know, premium cigars, in my opinion, they're hand-rolled. All right, so what do, what do we do if we want to get involved? So uh, Cigar Rights of America, you can locate them on all the social media and on the website. Um, uh, you look them up in the Google search and it'll pop it up. Mm-hmm. Uh, but Cigar Rights of America is the place for you as a consumer uh, to join the fight. Um, get a membership because the roles matter. 
how you know, many the, people you have enrolled in the, matters the movement. Yeah, yeah, and so or or if you're uh, an individual that you know has the financial wherewithal, buy a life member because then your name never leaves. Right. That's what I do, mm-hmm. and then every time I see the CRA at an event or every time I have some extra money, I'm sending money in anyway because you just want to keep that organization funded because it their money goes alongside the manufacturer's money that mm-hmm. goes alongside the trade association's money the PCAs of the world and the TAAs and so everybody is together fighting this but if you're not a manufacturer of cigars CRA's it that's that's where you right. that's, that, the, that's only the only you place can you can fight. join the fight yeah. do yeah. you have a, a subscription service so to speak where you can sign up and say like you're donating say $20 a month or something like that that will automatically happen uh, they're working on quite a few of those things cuz they were putting those together with the uh, uh, very similar to the way the NRA does on their legislative fund right. uh, but yeah i'm not sure if those are out yet um but they're coming. Uh, but, they're but yeah, they're 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 working on all those uh, all those elements. Uh, Harrison, who is the the gentleman that's hand, handling a lot of the administration at the uh, at CRA, is a fine man. He and I smoke cigars when I go to DC. I like hanging out with him just because he's a cool <laughs> cigar guy. Yeah. But uh, you know, they're working on a lot of things. Our two lobbying guys this past year have been extremely busy right. because they're trying to get into the, you know, the new Congress, mm-hmm. you know, let's go hit the people that need to, that we need to hit, but also the new administration. Right. What are and, we going to face? And, and there'll be more turnover in the midterm elections coming mm-hmm. up in what, about a year? Yep. Uh, so, so there's a lot, there's a lot that, that, that needs to be done. And I just want to encourage anybody that's listening, that's a, a fan of cigars, think of it. Think of your support for CRA as an investment in your future ability to buy cigars at a reasonable price. You mm-hmm. know, it's uh, Ian and I have talked about this after going to Honduras and visiting the Aladino farm and factory. We're amazed that you can buy a cigar for under twenty bucks anyway. It's so crazy much how much, so how much, much work has to and happen, effort goes into yeah, it. to get it here. But what we really don't want is for a big chunk of that to be going to the government. Right, uh, because they don't have anything to do with making those cigars, you know. But they love to tax cigars. No oh. one complains about taxing cigars uh, to the point where it's it's almost un, uh, unrealistic to smoke cigars. It's absolutely I, crazy. I know we have listeners and, and and viewers in New Mexico. New Mexico has proposed a state cigar tax that if it goes through, it's just it's ridiculous. You're going to have to move. Like seriously, it's, it's absolutely crazy. It's I can't believe they do the that. Top. Cigar Rights of America is the only outlet. the only way you can get involved. Yeah, it's crazy. Yeah, it really is. So we encourage you to do that, and we will toast to you uh, with uh, with this with this rum. And I just want to say, by the way, I have never smelled a rum that smells like this. Buttered ever. rum. Yeah, it's just caramel. This smells like See, caramel. I don't get caramel. I'm getting uh, like butterscotch. The butterscotch. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Sorry, I, I misspoke. I meant butterscotch. Butterscotch, yeah. Butterscotch. That is what, it's and, like your grandma's butterscotch candy almost, you know? Yeah. Uh, I don't know if it tastes like that. but <laughs> It's uh, rum made by Werther's. <laughs> Not really. This is <laughs> this is made by... Uh, it also says single blended rum. Wow. So, have you tasted this yet, Ian? I want to point out that it says single blended and then it has rum in quotation marks. <laughs> <laughs> Well, that's interesting because I will tell you... It's single-blended, air quotes, rum. It, I, I will tell you that it does not taste like rum to me. It doesn't. No, it it doesn't. almost tastes more like a whiskey. Yeah. Or or some kind of whiskey blend. You remember we had 
um, the Jonathan Drew from Drew Estates uh, got into the spirits business, and he came up with a with a bourbon and rum blend. It reminds me a little of that, yeah. actually, uh, but it does not have that caramel and molasses and and vanilla vibe that I'm so used to with rums. I mean, it 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 has it has almost like the minerality of after like you, a, a scotch. Yeah. After you take a swallow, when the when the 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 warm hug comes back and gets you, you can tell it was rum. The initial right. sip on this is, this is almost like a liqueur, like a yeah. like yes. a butterscotch liqueur. I bet you could make some pretty interesting cocktail with this if you like those darker uh, flavors, kind of thing. I also, uh, it's interesting. It says single blended because I think uh, I think they're going with like uh, like when you see a single malt or. Um, right, that kind of uh, uh, that kind of thing. What what basically what those terms generally mean is it's telling you it's coming from one um, distillery, well, and then it's and then it's mash bill. So this is a blended mash bill, meaning from one rum distillery, a blended mash bill. That's interesting. Uh, it really is, and it has some of the characteristics of a single malt scotch. Uh, the minerality, that that sort of like uh, uh, taste on the finish, that's got very much a mineral water type of a vibe to it. I like it, and it is actually surprisingly smooth. Because a lot of times when you get these bigger kind of whiskey leaning uh, rums, barrels comes to mind, for example. Um, they are really, really good in many ways, but they're not necessarily smooth. They're they're big and they kind of punch you in the mouth. This is not like that. It's it's pretty smooth and easy drinking, but it is uh, says, um, is definitely a aged a, a in, different kind of rum. Aged in ex bourbon barrels. It says a pure cane of molasses spirit with no added flavoring or coloring. I so apparently there's something about the way they make this that they can't actually call it rum. Which is why the quotation marks. Which is why the quotation marks. And then yeah. down here it says a pure cane of molasses spirit. Hmm. Yeah. And nowhere on here does it say hard and fast that it is actually rum. So right. It is European Charanda Añejo. It is from Charanda, which is uh, uh, from Michoacan, Mexico. So it's. It, that's the other thing is there's not a lot of rum from Mexico. Well, and it has you, a tendency to come from the islands, from, right? Uh, you know, places like uh, Saint Lucia and and uh, Jamaica and, and uh, areas like that. So, so this, if you made a traditional daiquiri, and I'm not talking about the frozen daiquiri machines mm-hmm. on you know Bourbon Street, New Orleans. I mean, you made a traditional daiquiri, mm-hmm. you know, a shaken daiquiri. That right there would probably work well. I'm guessing you're right. Yeah. It's I'm going to tell you, I don't like it. Yeah, I'm. I'm not. I'm I think not I need it to mix. I think it, it. I need it to mix with something. That's what daiquiri hit my mind because right. the lime, the lime with this flavor. If you just did a traditional lime daiquiri, shaken, you know, not a frozen one. Mm-hmm. You use sorry, you use that, and I think right. that right there would make that more drinkable to me. It's very interesting. I think it would make – the flavor profile is interesting enough. I think that if you could use this as a mixer, and you could probably create some pretty awesome, like, daiquiris. Like, even banana flavor I could see going with yeah. this uh, really well. Um, oh, yeah. But you know, I don't think I like it by itself. My wife makes those uh, bushwhackers. Yeah, uh, yeah. It might be good in something like that, you know? Mm-hmm. Uh, she's really good with those. She's, she's kind of got it figured out. We came back from, uh, uh, from the Virgin Islands – 
on a trip, and she's like, I think I can make those. And she went about kind of figuring it out. Uh, but really, really good, though. Uh, I have to say that the heat doesn't stop once no, it comes back. No, you're so right. It, it just kind of hangs there. with you. Yeah. <laughs> so, so I would say if you were, if you were, particularly if you're more into the traditional style and taste of rum, this may not be your rum. No. But if you're looking for something really different, eh, give it a try. It's definitely different. It's definitely. Different. Remember, it's not rum. It's rum. rum. Yes. <laughs> it's a sugar cane liquid. It's a sugar cane and molasses spirit with right. no added flavor or color. All right. So uh, i tell you what. Uh, we got to do some drinking news, so we'll do that in our next segment. Uh, it is time for us to take a break. And, ladies and gentlemen, we will be back with more smoking and toasting. <laughs> oh, I like the air quotes on that. Yeah. podcast all about cigars and booze. <laughs> Hanging out every It is smoking and toasting. We are so thrilled to have you here for show number two hundred and sixty-eight. We talked about the uh, the list of twenty-four imperial stouts. Now we will try a little something that's not an imperial stout. <laughs> that's uh, you have you heard you ZZ Top do twenty-five liters? Yes, yes, that's great. <laughs> that's so good. That that's that's from the like I call that the latter years of ZZ Top. Yes. Uh, so it's not from their uh, early stuff that most people know. It's from the fact that they continued to make music after you know they were no longer chart toppers, and it's pretty cool. Actually. Oh yeah, yeah. It's, it's There's a, some real gems some in really, there. Dig around. It, it's kind of like it's one of those things where like they've got their fan base, and you know they can sell out shows and all of that kind of stuff. Just because they're not necessarily getting on the radio anymore, they might as well make the music they want to make. Oh, yeah. And that's what made that album so good. So, uh, Well, welcome back to Smoking and Toasting. We are uh, just about to get to drinking news, but first, uh, for those of you, and I know we have quite a, an audience here in our hometown of Houston, um, Houston Chef Chris Shepard and Eighth Wondery, uh, Eighth Wonder Brewery uh, have uh, have teamed up. Eighth Wonder is one of our cool breweries that we have mm -hmm. here. They, they have, also have a distillery. They have yes, and they have teamed up to create Hammer Down Bourbon, and it is uh, about to uh, about to hit. It is. Uh, uh, it's a really interesting product because the sales are going to benefit Southern Smoke, which is a Houston-based nonprofit supporting the food and beverage industry. And, you know, after nice. uh, so many things were shut down for COVID, supporting the food and beverage industry is mm -hmm. kind of a big, big deal. So uh, it is called Hammer Down. It is now available at Specs and Total Wine, and Specs Online lists the bourbon at 30 bucks. We'll have to get some of this and, and try it. So uh, it's going to be very, very interesting. So uh, it's described as a smooth, blended bourbon with notes of caramel, sweet vanilla, honey, toasted butterscotch. I, are we sure we didn't just have it? Um, <laughs> uh, and a hint of cornflakes. It's uh, blended, proofed, and bottled at Eighth Wonder using a Kentucky distilled uh, bourbon. So anyway, just bragging on our homeboys here because uh, it's it's fun seeing things happen in your town that are new and, and, and innovative. And I, I kind of dig it. Speaking of new and innovative, or the opposite of that. It's time for drinking news. Drinking news, drinking news. Now it's time for drinking news. Drinking news, drinking news. Now it's, oh, you haven't experienced this yet, have you? Well, when I watched the show, I, I just looked and prayed that my name's not on. Drinking <laughs> now it's time for drinking news. A Florida man with one arm said he had a gator for a pet. 
When asked about his absent arm, he said, uh, I had to take my gator to the vet. Drinking news, drinking news. Now it's time for drinking news. Cheers, y'all. Uh, a reminder, as we do uh, every time we present this, the drinking news is uh, not only a, a popular uh, segment here on the program, but it's where we present a story that is sometimes, but not always, about drinking. But it is always best to uh, listen to or consume if you've been drinking. And certainly we have. Yes, we have. Especially thanks to that extra stout. So we live in a crazy world during interesting times, but there are some things in our universe that do and ought to remain consistent and sacred. You should have the right to remain silent and the right to an attorney if you're being arrested for suspicion of a crime and uh, to be innocent until proven guilty. Uh, you should be able to buy any beer that has Stone Brewing Company on the label and know that you are getting a carefully crafted quality product. I like where you're going with this. And for the sake of all that is holy, you should be able to enjoy your unlimited mashed potatoes, pot roast, chicken wings, and that oh-so-yummy soft-serve ice cream for dessert at your local Golden Corral without having to worry about some unwashed jackanape throwing a high chair at you. I hate getting high chairs thrown at me. But diners at a Golden Corral in Ben Salem, Pennsylvania, were denied that right this week when what has been described in the media as a, quote, massive brawl, end quote, broke out in the buffet line. <laughs> this is one of those things that's funny. It doesn't need a punchline. It's just funny. It's just funny all by itself. A brawl in the buffet line. A brawl line. in the buffet. That's the a Golden specific... Corral. That's a specific kind of uh, a specific segment of society, You're I think. A hundred percent right. And, and not the buffet line thing, but the the brawlers in the buffet line is definitely its own segment of society. Well, according to eyewitnesses, a Golden Corral employee, we'll call them Wranglers just for fun, since it's a corral, right? Uh, when a Golden Corral Wrangler informed the people in line for the buffet of steamed, stewed, and deep fried menu selections that because of supply issues. The few pieces of sirloin steak that remained in the buffet would be the last ones for the day. After that, oh mercy, they were all out. You should never announce that until they're all gone. As you can imagine, this caused a bit of concern among those waiting in line, particularly those who craved a fine steak, or barring that, one of the steaks from Golden Corral. By golly gosh, they paid for it with their $20. Apparently, one hungry sirloin lover attempted to cut the line to make sure that he would have a shot at one of those last few steaks, which, as you can imagine, was not well received by the others who were patiently waiting. Pushing, as it often does, became shoving, and in just a few seconds, a full-fledged Golden Corral melee broke out that put the Fist fights among the crew of cowboys on Yellowstone to shame. Holy stuff, potato Batman. Punches were thrown, high chairs were tossed, and the resulting brawl was caught on video, because of course it was, and that clip has now gone viral. Nice. Uh, we do have a still of it here, I think, if Adam can put it up. Uh, and Josh, if you're listening, it shows a bunch of people fighting at a Golden Corral in Pennsylvania. <laughs> so it shows a Golden Corral. Yeah, right. <laughs> police, in Pennsylvania. Police confirmed that the massive fight involved more than 40 people. 
but thankfully no one was seriously injured enough to require hospitalization. In the video, <laughs> which you must go and watch, by the way. Oh, oh, yeah, that'll be a priority today. One man can be heard saying, all I wanted was some steak. Of course. Ben Salem authorities say the incident is still under investigation and that the person who started the fight could be facing several charges, including simple assault. What we can learn from this should be rather obvious, my friends. First, thanks to the virus and to the political climate in the world these days, people, people are wound pretty tight. It's not a good time to cut in line. And at a Golden Corral, I wouldn't want to take a chance on whether the angry guy I cut in front of was or wasn't the proud owner of a concealed carry permit. I mean, these things happen, right? Secondly, the GC, as I like to call it, is a family restaurant. There are kids there. They don't need to see adults behaving in such a shameful manner, and they could be in serious danger when the high chairs start to fly. You want to see kids act like that? Yeah. Go to a CC's. Exactly. But, but, to, but to Golden Corral should be somewhat sacred. If you've and, ever had lunch at CC's, you know exactly what I'm yeah. talking about. <laughs> and finally, and I can't stress this enough, the steak in question is from the Golden Fucking Corral. Thank you for finally saying it. <laughs> the GFC, if you please. <laughs> I've had the sirloin steak there. It's it's not good. Uh, I mean, if you're if you're going to get in a fight over a steak, for God's sake, at least go to Morton's or the Palmer somewhere. It's just not worth getting your head oh. bashed in by a flying high chair at the GFC. It's just not. <laughs> at least go somewhere nice if you're going to wind up being the star of a viral video, and millions of people around the world are going to hear you say. That's good advice. <laughs> and that is your drinking news. Drinking news. That's our time for drinking news. Cheers, All right. As a guy that travels for a living, yeah. I, I admit, I have eaten at a Golden Corral because you pull into a small town. Oh, yeah. That may be the only restaurant other than a McDonald's right, or something right. else, right? And you but if you're in down. a hurry, the food is already ready. Right, right. exactly. Yeah. I get it. I get it. I've eaten at Golden Corral. And if you're super hungry, there's a lot of it. Right. I used to live in Liberty. I've eaten at Golden Corral. <laughs> Absolutely. Now, now, the funny part to me is <clears throat> getting a steak. Not my top priority. Mm -mm. No. The meatloaf, when they have the meatloaf, yeah. is yeah. fantastic. And the chicken's pretty good. And the chicken's good. Mm -hmm. I mean, there's a lot of other things you can eat that are better than the sirloin. Let me be honest about Golden Corral steak, because I'll admit, I've eaten a Golden Corral. Yeah. I usually don't get the steak. No. Exactly. Because it's just not a good steak. Yeah. And yet... And, and like I said, there are so many better things... Yeah. That you can have at Golden Corral. And yet, millions upon millions of people have now heard that man say, All I wanted was some steak. <laughs> so, there you have it, and there you are. All right. That's your drinking news. We're going in. Let's, I was going to say, uh, during, I got so excited during drinking news, I actually spilled a little bit of my rum. So, I need something else to, uh, we were talking about spills. Uh, I need something else to drink here. Have we got enough cups? We good? Oh, we're plenty. All right, good. We, as a matter of fact, we got one left over. All right, very good. Uh, so, this is the Belching Beaver. Um, the It's a peanut butter, um, peanut, peanut butter, butter milk, milk stout. All right. Yes. Good. I'm very curious because we like that other stout so much. I'm very curious to see how the next one will uh, I've will had stack this, up. I have had this stout before. Okay, 
Um, and I will tell you. Well, I'll just let you try it first and see. Well, you can get a little of the peanut butter on the nose for sure. Mm-hmm. I'm waiting. I'm interested to see what you think of it. I think the last time I had this was actually at Alan's house, maybe. I like this a lot better than the peanut butter whiskey that uh, Dave Grohl is so fond of. Man, that peanut butter whiskey is not good. <laughs> I, I, Dave Grohl loved it We were it trying so to be so nice. About it. He loved it. They sent it to us. We were trying mm-hmm. to be so nice. We're like, well, maybe we can mix it with something. <laughs> I said, Ugh. Chocolate milk. I actually <laughs> really like this. It, it's. I want to. I want to follow up the the peanut butter whiskey thing. So hold that thought. Okay. I took. I, I had that peanut butter whiskey for years in my house. Mm-hmm. I finally took it over to a friend's house because all of his friends are uh, uh, Renaissance Festival carnies. Mm-hmm. You know, they're all they're all Renfest people, right? I figured surely he can get rid of this and they won't even drink this stuff he said we don't want this and don't call me sure <laughs> he still has some left at his house i'm sorry go ahead tell me about belching beaver uh, now i like this this you know what it reminds me of it reminds me of a nutter butter you this know is, the, the cream inside yes, the nutter butter cookie? yes yes this is incredible can you imagine having this with those uh those shortbread girl scout cookies Ooh, yeah that's what i'm talking about yeah. <laughs> i would that's even dip i think good. i would dip if they were out of this at the Golden Corral, I could see fights breaking out. <laughs> I really could. If they had this at the Golden yeah. Corral, <laughs> yeah, um, exactly. I would eat there more often. <laughs> yeah, that's <laughs> true. <laughs> uh, no, I think this is quite delicious. Now, I'm not sure I would want like several of these in a row. I think it's more like a specialized, mm-hmm. enjoy the one and, and really savor the flavors of it. But the peanut butter flavor is so... Uh, it's so pronounced and, and it's blended really well. This is a, this it's is very, a very it's very well style. balanced yes. for having that much of the flavor forward, mm-hmm. and for being As, a Belgian Beaver product. And this is five point three percent alcohol. This is not uh, huge. America's favorite peanut butter milk stout. Troy came up with the idea of combining peanut butter with our Beaver's uh, milk stout, and he nailed it. Uh, don't let the dark color fool you. This beer is delightfully easy to drink with cascading aromas of roasted peanuts, dark chocolate, and coffee. This, this is a lot of compression on this microphone because every time I take a breath, I sound like Tori Amos. Anyway, um, uh, <laughs> that's a great reference, by the <laughs> good way. Good times to you. <laughs> Why does that pop into my head? Uh, I don't know. Oh, <laughs> uh, Tori. Um, see, there it goes again. Um, Dark chocolate and coffee. Good times to you, my friend, and welcome to the uh, Beaver family. Cheers, Tom. I, this is a good stout. Yeah, yeah it is. It's, it's good. It's different. It's 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 fun. I don't know. Like I could drink a can of this. I could drink a glass of this myself. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't think I could go too far past that. Like mm-hmm. I, after yeah. I had this, I, but then again, I'm like that anyway. I always like different flavors, so I want to try right. something different. Even if you're drinking something you really really love, it's fun to absolutely. Change up. Yeah, yeah, I like like in a, in a, in a night's. And a night's and I, drinking, if I have if I have beer during the night and I have a choice, I'm probably, if I drink six beers, I'm probably going to maybe only two of them will be the same one. Well, you and I went over to Eighth Wonder uh, recently and did the mm-hmm. thing where you, you get three beers. Like you, yeah, yeah. You, 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 you pay your uh, amount and then you get you, your glass. You get a beer and, and two back. tokens, yeah. yeah. Right, right. So, so neither of us got the same beer twice. No. You know, it's just not what you do. You're uh, you're trying that they've got a great menu there. They brew excellent beer, mm-hmm. and it was fun to. Uh, what was that red beer that we had there? That we mm, there was a barrel aged red ale, I think, oh, is what it was. Whatever it was, so it was really good. good. Yeah. Man, I haven't seen the Cougar Paw. It's the red ale. Yeah. is fantastic. It really is. Go Cougs. Actually, one of my favorite of their uh, of their whole beer line. Yeah, man, Eighth Wonder. Uh, so uh, an absolute 
uh, staple in my fridge is their Tex beer. Mm-hmm. Have you had that? It's, it's just a good, fantastic. easy lager. Yeah. yeah, it really is. I, I'm thrilled that, um, you know, as much as I love IPAs, I'm thrilled that as the IPA craze kind of cooled down a little bit, that the next thing that a lot of breweries went into was trying to make really good pilsners and lagers. Right. And, and some of them have been just exceptional. Just exceptional. Mm-hmm. We've had several on the show that we've gone absolutely oh, nuts the for. the Scout Mexican yeah. lager yeah. from uh, from uh, from um, True Anomaly uh, uh, Tex. Uh, no, Scout is from, uh, uh, which is the one True Anomaly was Scout. Which is the one from No Label? No Label. They're uh, 1980. Yes, that Coles. I like that Coles. Oh, that is a Coles. What is it? They have a lager too. They yes, have a, it, I can't. It, Cal- it, is that, that's not Calaveras. That's a. Uh, no, see, we're getting, we're getting. Yes, but I can see the I'm cans in my, in, right. in my name. But but there's there's been a lot of great ones come out this year. I love that you can get those uh, more lighter styles now out of mm-hmm. craft beers. That right, just makes right. me happy. You, it, get, you get great Kolsch from most places now. When craft beer first came onto the scene, it was predominantly making styles that you couldn't get from the big beer yeah. companies. I mean, and you couldn't get an IPA if it wasn't a craft beer. Well, it didn't exactly. exist. Yeah, there was no uh, there was no Budweiser IPA. Nope. Uh, and and that's still the case thankfully because it would them. be oh, well, well, they own tons of Well, them. it's because they <laughs> bought them though, not because they they brewed them themselves. Weren't we just talking about Hopadillo earlier? Yeah. Budweiser IPA. But but, <laughs> but Hopadillo is way better than if the brewmaster at Budweiser had brewed a Budweiser IPA. Well, then he would lose the... Uh, the uh, he would lose the competition. The competition, because yeah. it wouldn't be the most Budweiser Budweiser. <laughs> oh, that's so crazy. <laughs> You've got to... King of beer. Is this is, the, have you heard about the, this? It, it's this uh, competition. If you have, if you have Amazon slash Prime, document, there's a uh, there's documentary. A, there's a documentary on there called King of Beer, and what it's about, and it's it's like a, a you know a reality documentary. It's an in-house Budweiser documentary, and and they do a contest every year where the brewmasters at all of their uh, breweries around the world. Because they have you know a mm-hmm. couple here in the U.S. and they right. have ones in in the U.K. and they have one in China and uh, the they all get together for a competition to try to brew the most Budweisery Budweiser they can brew. So they enter their brewery's Budweiser into this competition, and it's a big deal. I mean, they get totally... You would think it was like they were on Survivor or something. They get so worked up about trying to win this competition and it's such a big deal internally. It's not a competition to make good beer. Right. It's not who can make it's a great like, beer. No, it's, it's, like, it's who can make the best Budweiser. Right. Who can make the most consistently... Who judges that? Joe, Joe the plumber? I, I don't, I'm, I'm sorry. I don't know who judges that. Man, I'm not downing plumbers. Dude, I'm just like, who judges that? That was a Joe the plumber reference. We haven't heard from him in like, what, 20 years now? No, but seriously, uh, the, the I guess, big execs at Budweiser uh, you know, do all of the tastings and they're really... The amount of, like, meticulousness they put into this blows my mind. It's like, people, use your powers for good. You know? Uh, like, they could have brewed something interesting. Right. It could have been, who could come up with the best? Like, if I were running Budweiser, which, thank God I'm not, although I'd be rich beyond my wildest dreams, maybe I wouldn't That's care. like That's like but, giving... I'm sorry, go ahead. I'm, I'm I just, if I were running Budweiser, I'd say to the brewmasters, okay, this year, we're going to do a uh, pale ale. 
brew the best pale ale you can be, bring it together, and we'll announce a winner, and the winner will release for a limited time. You know? No. That would inspire creativity. Right, right. What we're actually doing is, is inspiring we're uniformity. bringing everybody <laughs> together. Listen, everyone gets one piece of toast and one piece of cheese. Who can make the best cheese toast? You get one piece of toast, <laughs> one piece a- of cheese, and one oven. Go. That is such a and, great and example. The same bread and the same cheese, because you right. can't mix that up. Right. No, it, it came out of and specifically just the middle of this right. loaf of bread, so there's no variations. And it isn't real cheese. It's that American <laughs> cheese food stuff. That's that, right. uh, so you're processed, have to, pasteurized you're have to, American you're cheese have to food. To deal with that as well, my friends. So sorry about that. Uh, well, anyway, it's it's definitely worth watching. Why does Budweiser make it so easy to make fun of them? They they really do. I mean, and even when it comes down to their advertising, remember the whole dilly dilly thing, the bully like, campaign. Yeah, it was, it was, it's they just go right at it, and they for had, the many. Yeah, it's for the many. Historically, some good advertising campaigns, but Excuse it's been me, a Chris, while. Can I be just like you? <laughs> yeah, please be just like me. Can I be you just need like to everybody? like exactly the same for beers the that I like. It's for the many. Yeah, I want to be just like everybody else. <clears throat> think how think how boring the show would be if you and I agreed on everything. You know, we probably agree on too much as it is. You know, <laughs> well, I just think of Star Trek. It's uh, let's assimilate to the Borg, and yeah, we're, right. all, we're all good. It's exactly, <laughs> it's Borg beer. Borg beer. We're we are Budweiser. You will service us. <laughs> All your beers are belong to oh, yeah, us. That's right. <laughs> Remember that shirt? That's, that was the first uh, from the uh, that's from farm, that. farm boy up in uh, the uh, Heights. They had a shirt that. Had yeah. all your beers all your are belong, beers to, are belong us. to us. That's so great. That's so great. Well, uh, all right, we need to take a break, and we'll come back to wrap up the show. Uh, Trey Boring has been our guest today. So nice to have you on the program. It's been too Thank long. Thank you. Appreciate it. Let's not wait this long to do it again, because uh, you're kind of fun to hang and drink with, you know? <laughs> you're good like that. Thank you. We'll take a break. We'll be right back to wrap things up. It is smoking and Toastin', uh, all about crappier fine spirits and hand-rolled cigars. Good things. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome back. It is Smokin' and Toastin', the radio program and uh, podcast and video extravaganza that is all about craft beer, fine spirits, and hand-rolled cigars. Trey Boring, of all the people that I know personally, you are probably the best crusader and ambassador uh, for the cigar industry because of what you do with Cigar Rights of America and what you do with uh, uh, Cigars for Warriors. It's just just such uh, such a cool thing to find somebody who doesn't just talk about, oh, we ought to do something. But actually, no, you are the something. active yeah. one, right? You 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 get involved and and do things. And you were telling us uh, during the break about um, some cool things that you've got going on with right. uh, uh, with the cigars for warriors. You bet. So as we mentioned earlier, the FDA has forbidden manufacturers from donating from cigars, giving you cigars. Yeah, yeah, just giving us cigars. But what we've done is over the last year, we have developed a lot of partnerships with manufacturers, and uh, they're trying to figure out ways to continue to support. Uh, cigars for Warriors mm-hmm. without violating the FDA rules. And so one of the things is what we call the Synergy Program. Hiram and Solomon Cigars, which is a great boutique cigar manufacturer, they do already do a lot of charity work with um, uh, the Masonic Lodges and things of that nature. Mm-hmm. Uh, they created the very first Cigars for Warriors branded cigar. It's called nice. Live, it's called Live to Serve under the Synergy Program. And they released it. Um, 
produced a thousand boxes. It's a very limited run cigar. Now, Eddie and the folks over at Hiram and Solomon blended it so that it's an everyman cigar. Right. You're not going to find there's, it too there's soft. There's nothing wrong with that. Yeah, yeah. you're not going to find it too soft. You're not going to find it too strong. It's just a very good cigar. And uh, they presented us at TPE just last week, uh, which is the Tobacco Plus Expo. It's one of the trade shows the manufacturers go to. We go to as Cigars for Warriors. Mm-hmm. And they presented us with a $10,000 check, which is the first proceeds. The proceeds from the from sale, the sale of, those of those cigars. cigars. That's so awesome. Cool. Are That's those so still cool. available? Or where they're, can they're, you can those? find them around. Um, if you look at the Hiram and Solomon, they'll tell you the shops. There, okay. All these cigars are sold through our donation centers. Okay, so great. if you go to our donation centers, if you go to... Uh, those those stores smoke ring, will smoke have ring it, and, and, and and if they don't have it they can order you a box okay um, so they're coming to the end of that production run Caldwell's came out uh, it's part of his Mad Mofo line I love Caldwell stuff well, well he's got a CFW one that's under the Mad Mofo line the problem is his shipping in he only got five hundred of his thousand boxes and those were gone in five Instantly. minutes uh, yeah. and so the next five hundred are supposed to come in the spring. Uh, but uh, those are the two that it's are out supply right chain now. stuff. Yeah, right? supply yeah. chain, which is what I do for a living. So obviously Robert was going fix it, Trey. Um, <laughs> but but uh, the the funny part is, is that we also have supply chain issues, kind of impacting some of these start <clears> dates. <throat> but uh, Oscar uh, is going to do CFW by Oscar. I'm a That's big fan. Great. of Oscar You are an Oscar about it. And so same principle. It's going to be a limited run, about a thousand boxes. Uh, Again, all the wholesale profits go to us. Retailers are still making their money on, on, on that, but the retailers that can have it are only our donation centers. Uh, we've got um, Cretec, which is a very big tobacco company. They own people like Phillips and King. They own the TPE show. Mm. They own a lot of different things. But they have a Slaughterhouse cigar, which is a bundle cigar, mm-hmm. okay. and yep. it's only yep. sold in bundles. Well, they've got a Slaughterhouse variant called the Operator, and that's going to be CFW branded. It's going to be sold in bundles only, but it's a reasonably priced cigar. The bundles are going to be less than, you know, 60 bucks. Oh, nice. Great. And That's so great. you'll see, like, uh, you know, we'll probably be at, uh, you know, a shop. We got a lot of shops talking about doing donation parties with those, right? Nice. Buying extra bundles because for 100 bucks, you can. Keep a bundle and donate a bundle. Right. Oh, that's, that's awesome! So cool. And so yeah. we're going to talk about doing things like that. But their 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 cigars coming out, and then Cavalier. If you're familiar with mm-hmm. Cavalier, Cavalier wonderful yeah. boutique. Uh, Sebastian is working on a blend for us right now. He like Oscar and everybody else. It's all tobacco supply chains. But Cavalier will also be coming out this year with a CFW branded cigar. Awesome. All of these manufacturers cool. donating the profits to CFW, which helps our bottom line. I mean. You know, ten thousand dollars is a lot of money. Imagine that multiplied by five, and you know they sell all the cigars, and you know that's just money that helps us follow through with the charity's mission. Well, yeah. if you are shopping at a cigar uh, at a cigar shop that has one of the donation boxes, uh, first of all, thank them. Thank yeah. them for doing that because it's really cool of them to be a part of the program and to have it there and encourage people to do it. And secondly, get an extra cigar or two, toss it in. Toss there. it in. You know, you don't have to get a Padron Anniversario or a, a, you know something that costs twenty bucks. Just buy a couple of you know good quality cigars and toss them in there. We had a whole list of those earlier. They, it's exactly right. Those are all suggested retail six dollars or under, and I guarantee you the servicemen and women would be thrilled to get any of yeah. those cigars because they're all highly rated and would work. 
work really, really well. Well, Trey, thank you so much for coming on the show today. Appreciate the time. We always appreciate having you on. Uh, ahead in the next couple of weeks for Smoking and Toasting, uh, next week is our Valentine's Day show. Be our last show before Valentine's Day, and our uh, smoking and toasting wine expert Mark Burrell will be joining us uh, to suggest wines for your Valentine's Day dinner or party or romantic interlude or whatever you have planned. I think for Valentine's. I think Day. I need to text him. We're going to go see him on uh, Friday. Oh, are you doing a little Valentine's dinner doing with a the missus? Pre Valentine. Uh, yes. I like it. I absolutely like it. Uh, and then coming up on the seventeenth, Peter Clifton, uh, another of our cocktail experts, will be mm -hmm. joining us here. He made such amazing drinks the last time he was here. That was such I a can't blast, wait to yeah. see what he has in mind. And then on the twenty fourth, the last Thursday of this month, uh, Jordan Davis will be joining us from Heaven's Door, which is the uh, Bob Dylan uh, whiskey company. And uh, trust me, folks, this whiskey is not just some celebrity pet product. Project. It's actually really good. Yeah, it's really so good whiskey. We'll be looking forward to that as well. So, uh, thank you all for being here and being a part of our uh, fun little uh, program today. Uh, thank you to Adam on the Wheels of Steel. And uh, thank you, Ian. I don't thank you enough. Thanks for being here. Thank you, Cruz. I appreciate it. It's, uh, it's a lot of fun doing this with you. Uh, we will see you again next week. Have a wonderful week, my friends. And until we uh, meet again for show number 269, cheers, y'all. Cheers, y'all. I drank all my stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah.